Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9am on Cork's Red FM. Morning all, all good. Well, uh, one fiasco to another with regards to the life and times of Ireland in 2020 and I suppose everything, much of it can be traced back to COVID and certainly the Leaving Cert issue can be traced back to it because if they got into exam halls, sat down, did their exams the traditional way, they wouldn't have had one cock up after the next. So now you're looking at more Leaving Certificate concerns. Where are they going to find the extra places for college for students who are undermarked? Six and a half thousand of them were given lower grades grades than they should have received. Why? Software computer coding errors by the company that, uh, I was going to say, developed the software, but I imagine it's still in development. Um, So another 1,200 extra college places may be needed. So confusion, concern, anxiety and anger from both students and, I imagine, their parents. Leaving cert concern, front page of the exam, uh, the Echo this morning. Grade A fiasco, front page of the Mail today. Scramble to find an extra thousand places after the grades fiasco. Uh, actually, the, in fairness, the papers are right up to date on this one. Um, you know, it's front page in all of them, including the examiner. But the examiner, oh, in English, um, it's, it's interesting because, first of all, we're talking about uh, uh, house parties and uh, students gathering in large numbers in Cork and then Galway and now you can throw Limerick into the mix because University of Limerick now have come out and said they're having the same kind of problems with regards to students copping themselves on. Um, in fact, the mail this morning says it's not just Cork, Limerick and Galway, but the UK are having the same issues. And there's photographs in the mail this morning from Nottingham, where they have a big university there, Portsmouth, where they have another big university there. Uh, and they're also out partying like as if it's uh, carnival time in Rio de Janeiro. Um, you know, with regards to heading into the winter and other sicknesses, that will befall us. The Mercy has come out now and it makes the front of this morning's echo. It's a little byline on the left-hand side, but it's a very important story. It says that um, uh, the Mercy's urging the public to uh, avail of other services where possible rather than going to the Mercy University Hospital because of a surge in attendance. The hospital says patients are experiencing delays at the hospital and they've implemented uh, new policies now to try and deal with the high numbers. And here we are just on the first day of October. If it's that way now, what's going to be when we head into uh, November, December and January? Um, You know, first there's a lockdown and then there's a a, a kind of a regional lockdown, which would be county by county. And then there's a lockdown within a lockdown. And a lockdown within a lockdown would look like, say, parts of Cork going into lockdown, say the city area or city and suburbs, but West Cork wouldn't, or maybe North Cork or parts of East Cork with a border with maybe Waterford or something. <coughs> That's not going to happen. Uh, the examiner this morning are saying that Ronan Glynn and those in Neffert are saying that you can't, these are my words, you know, a lockdown within a lockdown. Uh, you can't have it right down to villages because people don't stay in their own villages or in their own towns, so they move around. But later on today, Neffet will decide on that. Um, if there were a, a vaccine, the Mail says in research that, that uh, RTE conducted, said that 56% of those that were uh, surveyed, uh, the respondents, they said that they would likely to be okay about taking the first publicly available vaccine, um, which is quite interesting because that means that one in three according to my calculations, one in three wouldn't get, would not get the EU-approved COVID-19 jab and vaccine. I wonder why. I mean, where are you guys on that? Text 0868104106. If there was a vaccine in the coming weeks, right, and it's brand new, out of the box, Mark 1, would you be happy to take it. Text 0868104106. Might do a poll on that, but uh, RT have already done one, so we'll wait and see what happens. But uh, do, do you know something? Do you know with regards to litter? Do you smoke? Did you ever smoke? Like, 
it's really weird because the examiner this morning are saying that cigarette butts account for half of all litter now. This would be pedestrians, passengers in cars, car drivers, smoking a fag, throwing it out the window, smoking a fag as you're walking along, having a scove and throwing the butt away. For years and years and years, like people who would never, ever litter or throw a, you know, plastic bottle on the on the ground or a half-eaten bag of chips, they'd never do that. But they would throw away a fag butt because if cigarette butts really for a lot of people for a long, long time were almost like a, an acceptable form of litter. Would you agree with me? But this is what we're at now, cigarette butts, which apparently take a long, long time to break down. But there are other ones then besides fags. Um, um, that's over half of them. But chewing gum uh, is the next one, the next culprit after that, chewing gum. And they break down an awful lot more than that. Food cans and litter packaging and fast food packaging and, and stuff like that, sweets and chocolate bars and you know, wrappings from those kind of things. But cigarette butts, the main offender. Uh, there was two butts in the, I mean that with two T's, I think, in the U.S. presidential debate. So the paper's a little behind the eight ball on this one uh, because it was at two o'clock in the morning thing. So the newspaper's only picking up on uh, Trump uh, versus Biden. Uh, but it would appear that for many, many people who are breaking down performance and the different topics, coronavirus, healthcare, foreign policy, the Supreme Court's racial inequality, you know, tensions in America. It seems as if they're saying that Biden just about shaded it. Christmas is just around the corner. Um, and the papers this morning, including The Sun, have an interesting article on Zoom calls to Santa Claus, where your child can have a special 10-minute Zoom call with Santa before Christmas time. But the warning for this is that it will cost you 34 99 35 euro for the 10 minute call with Santa Claus. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Claus apparently have announced that kids all over the world can chat with them online. Now, um, the Consumer Association of Ireland aren't too happy with this uh, Zoom call from Santa, uh, ZoomSanta.ie because they're saying a child will get nothing at the end of the phone call. At least when they go into the huts to visit Santi at Christmas time, they come away with a photograph and a small gift, but they get nothing here. And the Consumer Association are urging parents to be very careful paying that kind of money for a Zoom call. It seems a little pricey for a 10-minute call. I mean, if it's done really well and, uh, you know, Santi and his house and his grotto and, you know, all the elves working in the background up in the North Pole... uh, Probably would be worth a few bob, but whether or not you'd pay thirty four ninety nine. But in these times, you know, parents and their children. Uh, the papers also today talk about the must-have toys uh, this Christmas time, and I'll go back to come back to. They even have they even have a Dyson toy vacuum um, for zero to two year olds. <laughs> <laughs> the grief they used to be. There's grief now, if anything to do with any kind of kitchen appliance or toy kitchens for girls comes out. Uh, but I don't know how that one will go down with a, a toy Dyson. Uh, I don't know whether it would cost any more like the Dyson, <laughs> the real one, the grown-up Dyson, which is quite expensive for a Hoover. And then the papers tell us, if you need reminding, one of the great ways to be happy is to dance... As if nobody's watching. The Neil Prendeville Show. I'm a big fan of the research, particularly the funny ones. Dancing is the key to happiness. Dancing is the key to chilling out. Regardless of whether you're a good dancer or not, or a dad dancer, or somebody who would make uh, Dancing with the Stars, give it a go. Uh, Turn that music up and have a little dance. You are listening out for a song this morning to win yourself a wonderful weekend hotel break, a two-night break for you and a loved one. Um, I'm probably not supposed to do this, but sometime between now and midday, you will hear 
the full version of this, right? This is your take a break for Cork's sake song. Harry! What's going on, Harry? On the phone. Sometime between now and midday, listen out for that song in its entirety and get on the dog and bone. Lines open at one 106 You can text 0868-104-106. From yesterday, uh, because I was saying, if you came across any house parties, do let me know. Well, Neil, I don't know where you were, but I was stood outside Jackie Lennox that night that you were driving around and I could hear a group of people in a house across the road. They were loud. There was lots of them. No parties, is it? So there you have it. Anyway, at least 6,500 uh, Leaving Cert students have been affected by, uh, because we have calculated grades now, and even that... Uh, managed to annoy people because they even got that part of it wrong. But now, of course, there's been a computer error and some sort of a software glitch. So 6,500 students were undermarked and they now have to scramble to find lots and lots of college places. And, of course, the colleges are saying, we don't have any more places. We're full. And we, we have a backlog as it is. John, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Are you suffering from this? Uh, absolutely. Well, my daughter is suffering, yes, um, and that is was as, as part of that. The whole house is um, basically. Um, we're coming at it from another angle where um, she felt that her teachers left her down very badly. Oh, talk uh, to me about that. Yeah, and um, well, basically, in her pre's, um, she received four hundred and twenty points, um, and in her leaving cert, she received two hundred and eighty. So oh my God! Her. What yeah. was that? Give me those numbers again. Four twenty in her leaving cert. And then she was she got four, 280 in her... Um, 420 sorry, in the prees and then... In the prees, yeah, and yeah. 280 in the leaving cert. How does that in happen if it's calculated? Well, we tried to find out and they refused to speak to us. Um, about it, um, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. They wouldn't engage at all with um, with us or her. So, just so, remind us all again now, as a parent of a yeah. leaving cert, yeah. um, how how was how were leaving certificate results put together? Well, my understanding of it is that they, the teachers, um, you know, they decided Assessed. to close. They decided to close the schools, as you know, um, um, they, to shut it down for the leaving cert a month early. And the very next day, um, they announced that that they were the way that they were going to do the grades this year. And the very next day, they closed the school uh, for for the leaving cert a month early and said you're on your own. Basically, threw them under the bus. They weren't interested in them at that stage when they made that decision. So they hadn't even finished their, the curriculum for the year, and they said we're done with you. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, so yeah, and yeah. so basically, um, what happened then was, um, you know, the teachers put the, the estimated grades together, send them then to the department, and they did the calculated grades. This is my understanding of anyway, no need. Um, so, um, but when she looked at it, um, when you know when everything came out and she could see what they gave her, she 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 had come to the conclusion that they, at least they dropped her 120. You know, she had worked very hard with her teachers to improve her marks. So they had promised, like, she was getting grinds three nights a week. Um, she was doing, you know, doing all the right things. And basically, when she saw it, she just couldn't believe what her teachers had done to her because they had, you know, um, they had told them if they had worked hard, they, that they would have, they would be, they would be, you know, they would do fine, you know. And um, it's, it's just like that, you know, they were given a license to do whatever they liked to play God with, with, with Tina, with um, the leaving sorts of this year with their future. But it, it, but it wasn't. It, it can't have been a teacher. It must have been. Oh, it was. It was. It was. It was it was, it was. it was. It was like she just couldn't figure it out because she said, "You know, I was very strong in some subjects." No, no, but it had to be more than one teacher, did it not? Oh, it is. It was. It was in several subjects. Um, so, so like it's like it's like. No, obviously we don't know this, but it's like they sat down together and made a decision as to 
what they were what they, what box they were going to put that child in and um, because she said like you know it definitely didn't make sense there was one teacher that gave her the grade that she said she was going to give her as in, as in she said if you work work this you, you're definitely looking at this and she, and, and she got that grade from that teacher now she was downgraded afterwards by the department you know but that, like you know from, from, from that point of view and that's going to be all under review now with this whole mix up yesterday but the point I'm making is um, you know Teachers should never have been put in a position where they were allowed mark the, the, the grades of the, of the students. So I'm not saying I'm sure some schools were very professional in the way they went about, and teachers were fine. But there's too many personality issues. There's too many, you know what I mean. There's too much favoritism going on as well. Possibly. Does your daughter fear that? Oh, absolutely. She thinks she definitely feels very hard done by. She protested for two days outside the school with a sign in her hand. Did she? She did. She did indeed, and she, she felt that strongly about it. And do you know something, Neil? Not one teacher, or or one, or the or the or the headmistress of the school, um, came out and said, "Are you okay?" Not nobody. So everybody yeah. just walked past her or drove past Correct. her, including students. Not what did the student. sign say? It just said that she had, that, that 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 the teachers had downgraded her 120 points, um, not the department, and 140 um, you know, points. 120. Um, no, no, no. It's 420 yeah, to 280. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yes, Niamh. Yeah. Um, so, so um, the thing about it is um, um, she, uh, she, she um, so that, yeah, that, that's basically what happened. She's really, really, um, you know, upset with the whole situation because she trusted them. She trusted them to kind of, you know, do as she put the work in, um, you know, and, and do what they said they were going to do um, in terms of, you know, like obviously she didn't know when she was leaving school that they were going to be marking him, but the workload that she had put in, she felt that she had done enough plenty enough to, to, to get, you know, good, good results. Well, they, they would say that. that ordinarily if you get something like 420 yeah. points in the pre's, it means yeah. that you're going to get more in the leaving certificate because the schools really mark the pre's hard. Exactly, and the thing about it is, like, they, they, they just, um, like, you know, people were on the radio talking about a couple of points here and there. She said, I just can't believe it. She said, you know, they were going on about, they missed it by two or three points. She said, you know, the amount that, I, that I've been, that the school, what the school have, have done to me, she just couldn't believe what, what, what had happened. And, and I suppose the most upsetting thing for her was they just refused to engage or discuss it with her. It's like, the, you, know, you know, that's it. We, we've been given permission to do whatever, you know, whatever we feel fit. And, and that's it. And nobody can question them now. So it's, it's, it's gone to the board of management, but I, do, I really don't feel too hopeful that, it, that they will do anything. But there are a couple I mean, of options. And the one is the appeal process, which you talk about, and the other is actually sitting and leaving certificates sometime in the new year, isn't it? Well, you see, you can't appeal what the teachers have given you. You can only appeal the calculated grades. So you can't appeal the estimated grades from the teachers. That's that's not you can't appeal it. And did you did you as a family approach the school? We did. My wife and my wife, and um, unfortunately, um, we were uh, we were told that oh, you, you, we, we went down because we, we had rang and we we, we asked you know for the, we looked into and they weren't coming back to us, so we went down and they were quite they were sh- quoting COVID rules and even though we'd all had masks and social distancing, I think they just didn't want to engage with us, didn't want to discuss with us, and wanted us to to leave as soon as possible, despite the fact she spent five years of her life down there, um, you know, in the school. Okay, um, she felt 
really let down and you know you know and 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 you know just there was there was, there was um you know she just she just felt very disappointed and and this whole thing it just seems to be going from bad to worse now within relation to you know what's happening in the department and everything like that but there is no there is no recourse if um you have an issue with what the teachers gave you okay does your daughter know if any of her other classmates and colleagues were treated accordingly or the, in the same manner and um, like without sounding she 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 did see that one one student had done extremely well and like 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 really topped it and she said you know she was scoring in and around the same as me sometimes below and she said she said because she said she said to me that I, there's no way I'm going to get that course she said, like, and she said she got that course so no, no she wouldn't begrudge her of it good luck to her because you know what I mean anyone who can do no well, that's not begrudgery she's just comparing I understand that and, and yeah. you know, do, do you know what I mean it, when you're upset you will be looking around for a you yeah you, you do and, and she, as I said she wouldn't begrudge her but at the same time um, you know like I suppose her point of view is Right is right and wrong is wrong, and she felt she was really wronged in relation to it, but, um, you know, she has nowhere to turn, really. In re- and what know, were her it. plans with regards to points for college? Um, she was going to, she was uh, looking at psychology. No, that's not out of the question yet, but it, it won't be in Cork, um, unless there's a, a, a major change now in relation to, you know, uh, which is unlikely because, you know, having seen, seen the stuff that, that the school has sent on, that the, with the department, uh, I don't know. I mean, who knows what's going to happen over the next week or so um, with, with you know all the all the mistakes that have been made. Well, she could so, be up. She could be upgraded or marked up, but I don't know. She, be, I don't know what she, kind of significant. She problem. could. She could. But the problem is, um, yeah, the cost will be twice. Twice. To, she's looking at Dublin. It'll be twice the price. As, what as does it court, mean so. here? What you say? She was told that her results were based on her best day in school. What does that mean? Yes, we we, we contacted the vice principal and I asked the vice principal how was it? How did she come to the? You know, the, how did she grade? The, how did she come to the grades? And how did she grade things? And she said it was marked under best day in school right and now I found that you know kind of a strange answer but I so when I asked her I said your best day in school she said my best day in school in every single subject were much better than what I got so I said so we've we've proved we, we've told the school and it's going to we've sent it to the board of management that she can prove in her past tests that she has done much better than what she's been graded see, and I, it's written down in writing you know I think it's awfully unfair that somebody who could score 420 yeah. in the pre's and was driving on to the real exam would come down 140 pound, points and never had an opportunity to do the exam exactly and, that and, should I mean, be the performance test for me the pre should be the main performance test I, 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 absolutely, but the thing about it is, she, she also has an issue as well, where where she has lost faith in the school, right? She she doesn't want to. If she decides to sit the actual leaving cert when it does happen in November, if it ever happens, she doesn't want to sit in the school. Now she went down to the, the department website last night. There is no other option. If you don't take to sit in the school box, which she's a major issue with the school now, she's lost confidence in it. She wants to sit in an exam centre somewhere else. Doesn't seem to be an option. So she's going to have to go in and explore that a lot more now as well. What to what what she can. Do. do you understand me? Like she, she, uh, she doesn't want to sit in the school. No, she wants to do it somewhere else. But after two days, well, maybe she could, if she decides to sit, it just bite your lip and do it. You know? Yes, possibly. But exactly. what, what, you know, after the two days of the protest, did she yes. just give up then in disgust? Well, no, she, it's not that she, it's not that she gave up. She she it, she's escalated and out to the to the board of management, um, and you know she's waiting to see um, what they come back with. Um, you know, it's it's. It's 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 basically in their hands now to see if they will if they will step in. I mean, you know, what we've asked them to do is just to look at her previous results, and it it, it should blatantly be obvious that she was wronged. And can those changes be made after the fact? 
I, 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 I don't know, but I, but we're, I suppose we're in unprecedented times where everything is up in the air because it has never been done before and tried before. Um, I, maybe maybe if the, if, the t- if the teachers held their hand up and said, we made a mistake the same as the department did yesterday, maybe things can change. But, yeah, because I, I know um, I keep I, going back to it, like 420 yeah. in the pre's does not yeah. result in 280 in, a, in, a, in an estimated grade. Yeah, so so like you you can you can you can understand why she's why she's so upset with it because she 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 did she put all her trust in them and um you know and as I said I suppose the more the the, the worst of all was when she was protesting, not one of the teachers came out and said to her, "Are you all right? You know, can we help you work? You know, do you want to sit but down?" But they did see her, did they? Oh, they did, they did. But you see, they'll go back to say that they weren't allowed to discuss it with their students. They weren't allowed to discuss the leaving cell with their students. But um, I didn't see anything anywhere that the parents couldn't discuss the the the, the, the results with of their. Okay, I want to. I mean, I, I do want to give the school an opportunity to uh, to yep. come back on this, and that's why I haven't yep. mentioned the school's name as okay. of yet. But if do you mind if we contact them? Absolutely, I'd be delighted if you okay. didn't need right. because it would be it would be you know it would be nice you. to. Just you to know? see what they have to say on the matter. Okay. Absolutely. Listen, thanks for your time. Okay, yeah. I'll be back to you. Thank you, John. Yeah, Anybody else you. come across uh, issues like that, particularly if you had a son or daughter who did really well in the pre's but were seriously marked down in the predicted or the estimated grades of the actual leaving certificate? Text 0868 Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851 Red FM. Morning, Neil. My daughter got 420 in her pre's, 370 in the predicted predicted grades. wasn't teacher's fault. All her grades were put down by the system. Uh, she is devastated and never got her course. It wasn't to do with the school. It was the software and the predicted grading. Um, hi, my daughter's girl, the gir- that girl's grades would not have been calculated on her pre's alone. You have a very blinkered view. It would have been calculated on her senior cycle average. A lot of students could have seen the pre's beforehand. Is that right? Can you actually see? How would you get your hands on the pre's exams beforehand? Department directive stated, no conferring between subject departments, so no conspiring, uh, says Mick, a maths teacher, saying that that can't happen. Someone else suggesting that it can. Uh, anyway, keep those texts coming. Text 0868 104 106. Lines are open. Um, if you ever wanted a, a typical example of how um, one or perhaps two people who test positive for coronavirus can spread it to many others, we heard of it yesterday. Uh, yesterday there was 400 29 new cases announced one further, further death here in Cork uh, the number of positive um, coronavirus cases reported yesterday was 60 so I suppose it's pretty much inevitable or you can never say with any amount of certainty that Cork will go to level 3 after an effort tonight but again you know don't hold me on that it's just it's just looking that way it's, it's, it's highly likely but anyway so there was this couple right who went on a trip away and when they arrived back on day one uh, of the of the weekend, they attended. They went away, uh, came back, attended a house party, and the house party had eight people at it. Um, so these two then were at the, this house party. There were eight people at it. Out of the number, uh, six people became positive with the virus because the couple had the virus. Um, that couple uh, then went on to stay overnight with a family, uh, and in this household. There were four members of the family and three of them contracted it. Three out of the four members of the household became positive with the same virus. Um, Then those family members were in contact with other people. So three further social contacts of the family then went on to test positive for coronavirus. On the second day of the weekend, uh, the couple then 
uh, went with another group of friends for a dinner party in the town centre. And at that party, there were four people uh, with them, four different people, and all four uh, contracted coronavirus from the couple, and the four of them tested positive. Um, The premises where the dinner party was, the table adjacent to the party, um, you know, so you had the couple and the four, that means six. So the table adjacent to the party of six, all of them uh, tested positive for a coronavirus. And that's not all. Four members of the staff at the bar restaurant also tested positive for COVID-19. Not just that, another friend then went on to have uh, to another drinks venue, you know. That one of the friends that was with the couple at the table in the party in the restaurant then went off to have drinks at another venue to meet a party of four other people for drinks and all four of those that went on to become positive with COVID-19. So you can see how it jumps from group to group to group. Uh, and before you know it, um, that's, I mean, what is that, like 40, 50 different people when you total all that up from that couple away uh, for a weekend. So it's just a very good example. I was reading it yesterday and I said, well, if, if you never had an example of how it can spread, this is exactly how it can do so. I think maybe 30 or 35 cases from that couple alone over the weekend, from the house party uh, to the restaurant and to the staff and to other people then going on with other parts of their lives. So it's just an example of how it spreads so quickly. Lines are open at one 850 I'm also hearing reports and uh, sadly from very reliable sources that there are three clusters of COVID in the College Road area in the past few days. And my worry about it, my fear about it is, is if it takes maybe 10 days to two weeks, you know, for us to catch up on the positive numbers, then this week... We won't really know those numbers and whatever's going on during Freshers' Week and what have you. We won't know those until maybe the back end of next week or the week after. So, you know, I don't mean to be a doom and gloom merchant, but it takes a while uh, for the numbers to catch up um, from some, when somebody first reports feeling unwell, waiting a few days or whatever, going for a test, test coming back, and then being published as a number. That can take uh, 10 days. So the numbers for this week... We won't know them for a week or 10 days. But anyway, enough for me. Nasha Crowley is the UCC Student Union President and joins me by phone this morning. Nasha, good morning. Can you hear me all right? I can, indeed, yeah. Appreciate you taking the call. Now, um, honestly, what's the week been like so far? Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, all down. So, Neil, I suppose I would just like to address, first of all, the statement put out by the magazine Road Residence. No, no, I, I, get, I get to that. But how's, how has it been like? Well, as fresh as weeks go, I mean, it's quieter than usual, absolutely. And that, that, that is expected and that's important because we're in a pandemic. Um, however, I just want to make note that it's a completely online Freshers' Week. However, the magazine Rhodes Resident Association put out a statement on Monday saying the UCC Freshers' Week is going ahead and we're surging ahead with Freshers' Week, even as COVID numbers are on the increase. Now, that statement is very misleading. It does not once mention virtual events and has created a lot of hysteria among people. I've had a number of people ring me over the last couple of days complaining, and rightly so. If somebody was organising a large freshers' week or a large-scale event in my community, I would be very annoyed too. But the reality is, Neil, is that these events are all online and not once in the magazine World Resident Association was that alluded to. I think it's misleading, and I think they've flagrantly misrepresented the truth and created hysteria. And many of the people I've spoken to, once I've explained to them what's happening, once I've explained to them that this is 100% in line with public health measures, uh, then people have really understood that, okay, well, that's fair enough. We didn't see it like that. That's not how the statement read. 
And I, and I think we should call that out. And I think it's very, very misleading at a magazine road. Resident Association to put out a statement of that kind. Okay, well, uh, just on that point, because uh, Catherine Clancy would need an opportunity to respond to that, and she's the chairperson of that association. Catherine, good morning. Did you want to respond to that? I suppose, Neil, good morning to you and good morning to Nisha. Um, I'm glad that Nisha now has come out after, um, since the whole week, critical for Nisha, Nisha was nowhere to be found. And I just have to go back, first of all, um, Neil, to last Friday. Last Friday, there was a very important meeting took place in UCC, a Zoom meeting where the president, uh, the acting president, John O'Holloran, was present on that Zoom meeting. Uh, Nora DC, head of corporate affairs in UCC, the um, the sub- chief superintendent, Barry McPoland, um, superintendent, Colm O'Sullivan, the city manager, uh, and Doherty, all very, very busy people who were notified two weeks prior to that that this important meeting would be taking place to see how we move forward uh, as when the college opened and to address the concerns of the residents that had to place all summer with the house parties. At that meeting, everybody attended. Nisha Crowley was invited to that meeting but was not available to attend. We were very disappointed about that, but we were told, despite that, we got a clear message from UCC and from the Garda Síochána that they were not in favour of uh, Freshers' Week going ahead and they had clearly said that to the Students' Union. Yeah, but Freshers' Week's going ahead would have involved an awful lot of events on campus, for instance, all of which were cancelled. It also would have been uh, Freshers' Week would have looked different in the sense that all of the nightclubs would have been open, all of the super pubs would have been open, they would all have had bar extensions till two in the morning. None of any of that happened. So you can't compare like with like. You could, it's even more thrilling, Neil, because what happened then is, and you know, the UCC, as I say, like, you know, the president, acting president in particular, you know, really coming out strong in favour of the concerns of the community, community and doing everything to support the Gardaí. And all last weekend, uh, UCC officials and on Gardaí Síochána were in talks with Nisha Crowley and the Students' Union to to postpone, or at least postpone, but definitely not to go ahead with Freshers' Week this week. And, you know, on Friday, on Friday, on Friday, on Friday, at one o'clock in my letterbox game, and to every house in this community with information on Freshers' Week. Freshers' Week. Yeah, but that information said, behave yourself, call the guards if there's antisocial. Yeah, and it came because because Freshers' Week was happening. And what it told us that Freshers' Week would be happening on Sunday night. And Freshers' Week, Neil, no matter what way, Nisha wants to dress this up now. And it's now Thursday. And I think Nisha now, like, you know, has come under a lot of pressure during the week. And he's at this stage, on Thursday, when the last event will be tonight. He's trying to come across now as it's the Students' Union. Excuse excuse me. Let him respond to that. I would at least let him respond to that. There there are a number of things. Freshers' Week started here. Freshers' Week started here. Can I just say, no, no, Neil, this is very important because we live here. And, you know, like, you know, Nisha, and he's he's a very important position. He's he's a a position that comes with responsibility. He's president of the Students' Union. It's a paid position, a paid position that he's taken up for two years. And it's a position that comes with responsibility. He has shown no responsibility whatsoever himself and the students. They have shown no no empathy. It's the reality, Nisha, I'm sorry. It it has shown no empathy. No empathy with this community. On Sunday night, Freshers' Week started here. The superintendent, Colm O'Sullivan, was walking our area on Sunday night. He wasn't walking here because he was out for a stroll. He was walking our area because Freshers' Week had started. They were out 
there were drinking, there was parties. And unfortunately, as I said, we had the support of UCC now and we very, very much welcome that. But what was Monday like and Tuesday and last night? Monday, I think there's a number Monday, of things that have to be corrected. I will let you in a moment, but I think it's only fair for me to at least find out from someone what it's been like for the last few nights. So what has it Monday been like? Morning, Monday morning at 20 to 11, they started walking up and down our streets like the great white hunters coming out of the centre shop way down with drink. That has continued right through the week. We've had, I would have to say, last night my own area was quiet, Neil, and that's the God's honest truth. And the reason that is quiet, not because of Nisha and his virtual so pretend in brackets in Freshers' Week. It, is, it has been a good week insofar as it hasn't been as bad because of last year, because of the huge presence of Hungarian Shikana. They're here But just with all due respect, yeah. Catherine, I was around all the areas on Tuesday night. It was all over the city. It, it was, was all over. Rain. Well, it yeah, may it well have been time. raining. I accept that. But yes. there was no one around. The pubs were all quiet. Any of the pubs that I saw in the city or in and anywhere else, people were sitting were, down at tables. They were all behaving themselves. Yes. Neil, I think it's important um, that I correct a couple of things. No, what here. I have so to say, I have to come back. I think he's right, uh, Catherine. Just hold tough for a second. Nisha, respond. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Sorry. There, there are a number of things that Catherine said uh, about me personally. And it, look, this is completely inaccurate. Number one, I was not at the meeting last Friday. We sent another representative. I was on my first day of annual leave all summer. Uh, in summer annual like, leave. He had two weeks' notice. Neil, I'm sorry. No, if I seem aggressive. He had two weeks' notice of the most important meeting that was to take place in the year to do with the residents and uh, the students' union. He's the president of the students' union. No. The city manager, the head of Angarda Siakona, the acting president... Well, matter of fact, that's an answer, Catherine. I, 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 okay. I messed... Okay, okay, but on that day, on that meeting, when all of the heads, when all of the heads were there, where, where were you? And the empathy. All right, Catherine. I, I, was, Sorry, I, I, I was at, I was on, on new leave and I went to see my father who I've not seen very often over the last couple of months. It was the one day I've taken through it. Two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, Okay, you've made your point. You went to see his dad. He had two weeks' notice. He wasn't there. You're saying that that was. And, and I'll tell you, look, as, as a matter of fact, I, our deputy president, you can zoom and I from anywhere actually, in the world, Nisha. Oh, you can zoom from anywhere in um, the world. Yeah. I, 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 oh, you didn't physically I, I, have to be there, correct? You could have zoomed in on the meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Neil, I'll tell you very, very clearly and, and very concisely I attended a meeting with the chief superintendent. I attended a meeting with the city manager earlier in the week, and we sent a representative to attend the meeting. Now, also, Catherine alluded to Sunday night, and I will tell you, Sunday night was the busiest night of the whole week. And Catherine blamed our virtual events on, on the events of that night. No. And let me tell you no, something, and it's very important that your listeners know this, Neil, that no virtual event took place on Sunday night. Throughout this week, in Campus Watch disciplinary hearings in UCC, there's been a gradual decline in house parties being brought to this forum every single day, in line with an increasing number of virtual events, in line with increased public health messaging, a campaign that we have launched with the HSC, we've launched with Ronan Glynn and Simon Harris, encouraging students to keep it safe, uh, keep it small and keep their distance. Now, we need to have a balanced discussion here. We need, uh, and I watched you, you on Primetime the other night, Catherine, uh, and I saw it, and you made some really interesting points, and I, I really do agree with some of the things you said. Uh, and also Mark Paul, who was there, an Irish Times colonist, and he said, how do we engender positive behaviour in young people? And he said, we need to have a conversation with young people, not ask young people. And we need to provide responsible forms of entertainment for students and young people to enjoy, um, to avoid large gatherings. Everything that we have done this week in all of our virtual streams, we have encouraged students to adhere to public health guidelines, 
to be responsible, to take this seriously, because we're all in a very difficult situation. And are they? And are they responding to that? Well, I would say the vast majority are, Neil. And I would give you, you know, so, so you, Catherine might talk about students and you talked about it being fairly quiet. I think it's been a quiet week and I think that's good. Now, am I concerned that there are still house parties? Yes, we are. We've unequivocally and unambiguously told students via all student email, via our social media platforms, do not attend house parties and large gatherings. Um, so, of course, yes, there are a minority of people break, breaking the rules and that's not okay. But do DJ sets encourage them to break those rules? I, I would say not. I don't think there's any evidence to suggest that's the case. Since the beginning of the pandemic... But why bother doing it? Why bother doing it at all then? Because, because, Neil, we have th- we have thousands of students who have not been able to travel to Cork as a result of last Friday's announcement. And I will also tell you this very clearly, that last Friday the government announced three days before the beginning of the semester that classes would be online for the next couple of weeks. What I would say is, once again, this government has failed to communicate with the public. We could have avoided the situation where we had a load of students down in Cork with nothing to do if the government had made this announcement three or four weeks prior. I don't see why that couldn't have been made. And also I just want to say as well, that we run a ser- service called the Student Community Support, which helps to protect residents, protect students, monitor large gatherings and house parties. And what I will tell you very clearly is that this is a student union-run initiative, and it's an initiative that UCC pulled the plug on 24 hours before these students were supposed to go out and protect the community. I think that's irresponsible. Okay. I think it's put right, it lies at risk, and has led house parties to get out of hand. We are part of the solution, not the problem. But you know the, the, student, you know the student gatherings where they are happening and we're doing so on Sunday night. We won't get those positive numbers back for about 10 days. So we don't really know what's coming down the track from everybody gathering together in the same house. I mean, some absolutely. of them have 40 and, and 50 and 60 people in them. Yeah, and absolutely. And they, those cases have gone to campus watch disciplinary committee. And we sit on those committees, Neil, and we regularly tell students, you cannot attend large gatherings. We but, all but have a party. They, they, do they now risk expulsion? Because their names are before a disciplinary board. That, 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 that is something that the university is looking at. And at this point in time, I, I don't know. I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't heard whether that will be the case. But it is something that the university is looking at and something that the Resident Association has really pushed for. But, I would like but, to could, you, but could you blame them, really, in fairness? Because they've had to over 20 years of this. Year in, year out, I've been dealing with this yeah. on the air. And it's long before you were perhaps even born, I'd say, I've been talking about this on the air. And it's only getting worse. But I don't think it's getting worse, Neil. I don't think that's accurate to say. I don't think this year it's been worse. And that's good because we're, we're in a pandemic and we all need to come together. But also, Catherine says that there was 217 house parties during the summer. At that rate, I mean, if you didn't average it a week, you would probably say that there were less, that there were actually less house parties this Very week. Neil, the summer on yeah. Okay, where do you live, and Nisha? Also, where, do you, where do you live? Do you live in the area? I do indeed. I live, I live on Glashine Road. And I would like to, uh, and there was a tweet, a dear to shot at the, um, the other day, and she said, well, I was a student union sabbatical officer. I'm willing to bet you a lot of money that nobody who watches a student union virtual orientation is out on the streets partying. And I think that's something that what, we what all does that even What does that there. even mean? That, 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 that means that what we're trying to do, the people that are breaking restrictions, are probably not engaging with our virtual entertainment. Um, and, and, and that's important and we're trying to keep people away from house parties we're trying to keep people away from large gatherings and we're trying to be part of the solution not part of the problem okay. I understand that the residents are angry and that's fair enough and I, they've yeah, been ang- yeah. angered by a very difficult summer but also there, it's incoherent there, the, the logic is not there our events are not causing people to go to house parties in fact it's the opposite as shown by the, the gradual decline yeah okay okay okay, 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 okay go ahead sorry Catherine go on sorry, sorry Neil um First of all, I might, you know, I apologise if uh, Nisha thought I'm coming across incoherent. We're actually now um, 16 weeks without sleep 
and you would be a little bit incoherent if you were 16 weeks old sleep. Appreciate that. The actual freshers week has taken place. It is taking place. It is not virtual. No matter how niche it tries to dress it up, they made a mistake in going ahead with the freshers week despite being asked by Angarda Shia despite being asked by the uh, UCC, despite being asked by the, and also, you know, despite being asked by the, it showed no empathy whatsoever. There is no such thing as as a virtual freshers week. It's not what we Catherine, have witnessed this you, week. Can I ask you a very uh, quick can I just, can I just question? Speak for a second, you can ask the question a second. Yeah. I don't want to come across as incoherent now again to um, Tanisha. Can I just speak for a second? Yeah. This week alone, because now we have the support of UCC and this uh, has empathy with what we've gone through for the last 16 weeks. And unfortunately, because we had Freshers Week going ahead this week and it, it legitimizes the house parties that have taken place in the area since Sunday night. But you we said it's 11, quiet though. You did say it's quiet. We have 11. We have 11 students from UCC that are on suspension since yesterday. Where, where the president of the UCC himself has taken charge of these cases and has contacted those students about the suspension. They're taking it serious. They're taking the house part serious. So you're saying we that the college we, president, John O'Halloran, has contacted 11 yes, students and said yes, you're suspended? Yes, yes. yes, yes. Why? What did they do? Of house parties. A house party or different house parties? House parties. This week. Well, Neil, if we look at it, there's 11... Is that, is that right? I mean, if that's the case, Nisha, you'll know about it. Is, is, is that true? Have 11 students been suspended? I, I, have, I haven't heard that information yet, but I think 11 students out of 22,000 is a tiny, tiny minority of students who are breaking it restrictions. It doesn't matter, one student we, spreads it, the coronavirus. It, like, it, what it, is really it, like, it, you know, it does, week is one thing. What it does show is disconnect, the real disconnect, you know, I shared my community with students all my life, my married life. 22,000 students attend UCC. 22,000 students attend UCC. We never had an issue. I had a neighbour last night and he rang me and he said, Catherine, he said, I'm living in this area, he said, 30 years. I never once had to ring the guards about the behaviour of students. We've lived together, we've shared our community until, until recently. I mean, there is a real disconnect with some students about, you know, the Ah, absolutely. If it was all of them, I mean, if there was 20,000 of them behaving like that. That's right. No way. It's a couple of hundred. A couple of hundred, and to say with people that are affected our summer, you know, people well, look, each one of those residents as well has to deal with COVID nineteen. We have to deal with COVID nineteen. But on top of that, and everybody has personal circumstances that are, you know, compounded by COVID nineteen. But to then have house parties and to be dealing, and to last Friday to get a letter in our door to tell us that Freshers Week was going ahead, we nearly well, cracked up. Catherine, after being the whole Catherine, summer, that, that letter was not summer, sent to the whole summer. That letter was not sent to Well, who was it? Okay. Yeah. UCC sent that out as part of the community life booklet. It was not the students' union. UCC no, 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 no. It's a separate. No, yes, we got the community is, life. Yes, we actually that booklet is different. But that booklet is a fantastic booklet. It comes out from UCC and it talks about behaving responsibility, okay. respecting okay. your neighbour. Yeah. And we have a and, and, and the leaflet was a separate leaflet. A separate leaflet. But but Nisha, Nisha, no matter no matter what, no no twenty twenty, no matter what way you you know you talk about this topic, I was going to say no matter what way you spin this, but 
that's probably not fair. Yeah. Year in, year out, there have been problems yeah. in the College Road and all of the connecting roads and estates in that area all of the time. This year, it was compounded by the COVID-19 payment where others then rented the properties and came in for the summer and partied like crazy. I mean, we saw the results of the state of the streets and people wandering around like zombies in the morning. Surely you must acknowledge that something has to change. Well, Neil, what I would say is that we unequivocally and unambiguously have uh, denounced her. No, hang on. No disrespect to you, but I've heard UCC presidents telling me, students telling me that for years. But you'll come, you'll do your job, you'll go, somebody else will take over. But something has to change. Now, I understand that people are young and I get it. I was there. I mean, you know, I was involved in the business. Uh, Can I bring you back to the conversation with with Mark Paul and that that, um, Catherine had on primetime the other night? I mean, he said we need to have a conversation with young people and not talk at them. If we if we want to give if we want to give students a chance, if we want to get this situation going the right direction, then we need to be respectful and listen to people. We haven't had that conversation yet. And also, look, absolutely. Actually, you know what? He's wrong there, Neil, because all summer long we've had conversations with young people. I have four next door to me where there's young people. I'm talking to them every day. They're reasonable people. But like what we have is fresh as we're going ahead. We're not able for it. It shouldn't have happened. We now want to have Nisha coming out as if the student unions are victims. The victims have been us. We've been the victims all summer and the victims of this city next week will be if there's a a spread of coronavirus. And what the student union won't be able to say next week and unfortunately won't be able to say like if there is a spread in the coronavirus next week that they didn't have a hand at part in that. And what worries me even more, in Dublin last week when the numbers went up, 19,000 people went on to the live register. 19,000 people lost their jobs, but primarily in the hospitality industry. And well, next week, hopefully, Cork won't go to level three. Okay, Anissa, respond. Okay, give them an opportunity to respond. Go ahead. In the I feel like any time I've tried to make a point, I've been interrupted by Miss Clancy. And I actually just would like to make you aware that all the Dublin colleges have had an online freshers week while they're in a stage three. The Trinity College Dublin, in line with the other Dublin colleges yesterday um, and a couple of days, have had an online festival. Um, so this is not... Yes, yeah, so I, know, I understand all of that, but they're not living with the same carry-on year in, year out, you but, see. But, but also, just, just on that as well, look, you, you say it's a, it's a carry-on, and I agree with you. I, I agree that there are problems in the area, but I also acknowledge that it's a small minority of students and we have to take account of the massive work that students are doing. And I just would like to say, if, so Catherine, if there, Catherine says there's 11 students being suspended. How, uh, and she says she estimates that a couple of hundred have broken restrictions. We have 22,000 students. And we have, on that estimation, we have more UCC students working on the front line for the HSE than breaking and attending large gatherings. They are working for free. They are working to keep our families, our communities, mm-hmm. and ourselves safe. And I think that's really important. And I think it's important that any listener... Our problems, and we're not, you know, we share a community with them. We have done everything in our power to tell people, look. Neil, this is getting ridiculous. No, it's not. No, I mean, like, it's fine. The pressures will come and go. This problem won't go away. Like, I have a letter here in front of me, clearly written by an elderly resident who's been living in the area for years. I'll read it out in a few minutes' time. But one, one, of, the, one of the paragraphs talks about the long-suffering residents, uh, not just during a pandemic, but all year round. Basically, the people who reside here for a long time are being dictated to by a university and students whose students live here for a year or two. Uh, I was never aware that UCC has ownership of the region, but it feels as if they do. It's a stark reminder of events in the North 
during the late 60s and early 70s when Catholics were forced out of their homes. The only difference here on the College Road is that long-term residents are being subtly intimidated out of their family homes. I'll read out the full one. But how do you respond to that? That is, yeah. Well, okay. With all due respect to Irish history, I don't think it's fair to, to, to make an analogy between... Uh, all right, forget, forget, forget about that part then. Okay, but what about the subtly intimidated out of their family homes by excessive noise in houses and on the streets and the obnoxious behaviour of students, of UCC students? Well, but let me tell you, Neil, during the summer there was an incident where two men um, who broke into students' homes because they suspected they were having a house party. It was actually not the case. They were not having a party. And I'll also tell you that over the last couple of days, a number of students have come to me, distressed students who've said that residents have shouted at them, have abused them while walking to the shop to buy milk. So look, I'm not saying that there are, a sub, there, there are not a subset of students who are, who are rude to residents, but we also have to realise that there's massive work that the students do. Every year you see students raise €250,000 for charities. Every year, you see students spend €187 million Euro in the local economy, creating 5,000 jobs. And the, the bad behaviour, the antisocial behaviour is not okay. So what are you, no so, it's, so they do an awful lot of good, we, so you, they do an awful lot of good, so therefore the residents have to suck up the bad, is it? Not, not, but I mean, we need to work together. We need to work together collectively. As sure, like people have been trying to talk to them, they're around for two or three years, they get replaced then every year first years come in. So you can't but, be... T- I mean, look... Neil, of course we all agree. We all need to work together. I mean, that's how we'll get out of where we are today. But like, well, working well, together means making yourself available to meet up with people. And that Nisha, at the most important meeting that was to take place last Friday, couldn't I, make I himself available. I think that's available. very unfair, Neil. That I, sends I, I, think, I, think, I think that's That not, sends that's a real message unfair. and it sends a real message. And at the same time... Well, as I've, said, I've been asked again, uh, please ask Nisha why he didn't attend the meeting when he had two weeks' notice. Does Nisha think I was on an annual leave is a good, ex- good enough excuse or is it a kick? in the face to those who did attend. And it was well, going back telling the residents it was a kick in the face. Our Deputy President Emer Curtin attended and she's very able and very capable and she handled the situation very well. She was and, I, well. and Neil and I have to go now because I have to go to work and right, sorry. Okay, appreciate but, it. Like, I just have to say about the person that represented UCC okay. and she didn't come into the meeting and I said surely the students shouldn't have something to say at this meeting. The young lady that was representing Nisha and uh, she came in and she spoke about the PRTB and properties not being registered which is one issue that we had raised but also she felt the 75 euro fine was a hardship for students if they were caught to be part uh, be fined by UCC and that was the full contribution from the students union was it? full contribution yes yes okay okay okay. thanks a lot Catherine appreciate it Neil on a lighter note on a lighter note my granddaughter has one of those um, Dyson uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) toy hoovers and by the Hoover, yeah, and when, she, when the cousins come into the house, all the boy cousins particularly, they're fighting over the Dyson Hoover. <laughs> okay, so, anyway. that, that answers anyway. my question, appreciate it. Okay, <laughs> just finally, very briefly, what happens next, Nisha? Thank you, Catherine. Well, I suppose what happens next is that we, we, we've shown throughout the week that our virtual events have actually had a positive correlation with a lower amount of house parties through the Campus Watch Committee. And what happens next is the university takes care of any issues that have come up, anything that the students have done uh, or broken the student rules, and they will assess it on that manner. Um, a- again, I would just like to say that I'm very disappointed by the Magazine Road Residence. All right, I know that, but I'm asking you how, how, how are we going to look at yeah. things going forward? You know, not just freshers, but as we head into the rest of the college term and next year and the year after. That's the problem. Like, well, it's the same thing well, year well, again, in, year out. We need- 
we need to we need to work with young people and we need to have a conversation with young people. Uh, throughout the pandemic, UK studies have shown that eighty three percent of young people have had their mental health adversely affected. All so of it, uh, everybody people. has. Everybody has. Absolutely, but this is particularly for young people and I think we need to find alternatives. Young people miss out on so many opportunities and we need to find safe, responsible forms of entertainment that students and young people can go to and not attend gatherings, not attend parties because that's so important right now uh, and we need to keep communicating the public health messages which we've done throughout the summer, which we've done uh, consistently okay. over the last week and we need to work together to come this to, to combat this virus uh, and, and we need to do that by offering responsible forms of entertainment. Okay, appreciate that. We'll come back after 10. Thank you, Denisha Crowley, UCC Student Union President, Catherine Clancy, Chairperson of the Magazine Road Residents Association. Text 0868104106. We'll pick it up after 10. Neil Prenderville Show. Hold on to your, hold on to your calls because it's mental busy. It's been really, really busy. In fact, the whole through pandemic time has been just busier than I've ever seen it. But um, let me just do some text here. But I just read portions of a letter there before 10 o'clock to Nisha and to Catherine. Uh, and it's from Tom, who lives in Connacht Avenue. And he says, with Freshers Week being allowed to take place this week, an event that during normal times has no purpose uh, so as, uh, as it is um, no more than a glorified piss-up leading to the widespread antisocial behaviour that we deal with regularly in this region. Uh, against the wishes of a number of residents and resident groups, this event has been forced upon long-suffering residents during a pandemic. Basically, the people who reside here for a long, long time are being dictated to by a university whose students live here for a year or two. Uh, I was never aware that UCC has ownership of this region. It is a stark reminder of events in the north during the late uh, 60s and early 70s when Catholics were forced out of their homes. The only difference here is that long-term residents are being subtly intimidated out of their family homes by excessive noise in houses and on the streets and the obnoxious behaviour of UCC students. It would appear that residents uh, who live here have no rights and are being treated like dirt by the state, UCC, its students and landlords, many of whom uh, who have no house rules whatsoever in their properties. Is this the Ireland we have to look forward to in the future, uh, says Tom. Uh, P.S. I made two calls to the Gardaí on the night of the 27th into the 28th of September alone overnight. In the middle of the night, he made the phone calls. Um, so, uh, another one here is very interesting because it's right up to date. I'm doing uh, my school run, passing the off-license on the Bandon Road at the corner uh, by the lock daily for years. That's the school run. But I've never seen things so bad with big groups drinking early on the streets. Uh, this Monday, three boys were stopping the traffic at the lights with bottles of vodka in one hand and, or- and, an o- and orange in the other, uh, shouting up the road to friends, cursing that my young kids have to listen to this. Um, this is a regular occurrence. No issue with young people parting, but I bet they wouldn't act like that outside their own homes or in their own area. Uh, they need to just keep it down and not put on a show. I did not witness one student with a bottle of milk, as Nisha suggested. Can't come on air, but I hope you get to read this out. Well, it wasn't a bottle of milk, it was a, a bottle of vodka, as you say yourself. I've been listening to your callers recently, particularly the caller who was on the bus with a potential COVID case. Yes, this was from yesterday morning's programme. I can't believe this type of thing is uh, going on unknown to most people. Some people have no option but to use public transport to get from A to B, and they could potentially be on the bus with a COVID case, or indeed 
worse sit on the same seat? Should the HSE not have a system where a test can be done at your home or a special car that could be used to transport potential COVID cases to the test centres where there's no other option for them? I do understand that if there's no system in place, then the man on the bus may have had no alternative option but to use the bus. The past few weeks, I'm finding it scary to see the communion parties 18th birthday parties, house parties and other parties that families are having without a care in the world. Everyone who attends a party or event would then individually go to their places of work. Their kids will go to different schools and possibly visit older and more compromised family members' homes. Uh, How don't people see how going to one party with 20 or 30 people could potentially infect 20 or 30 families? This leads to massive outbreaks because of selfish people who feel they deserve a party. I'm so frustrated we have no system in place to clamp down on people having parties and gatherings. It's like everyone has forgotten how dangerous this situation is for us all and feel it's their right to enjoy themselves, while a huge number of us are afraid to do daily things and are living with a daily fear. The people who are having these gatherings and parties, play dates, coffee dates and the like, are the same people who will be raging if we're put back into full lockdown, when it will be no one's fault but their own. Thank you for that email, Mike. But uh, just earlier on this morning, I showed how two people who went away for a weekend, two, ended up infecting over 30 people in the various locations that they were and the people they came in contact with and how they in turn then infected others and so on and so on. My apologies. I'll get back to the phone lines. I I really do want to read a lot of texts though because people have been texting like crazy. Eva, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? Thank you for holding. Now, as a recent graduate graduate of UCC, uh, did you live in the area of college? Yes. I'm living just near Magazine Road, yeah. Okay, so that that's that was your family home, was it? That's my family home, yeah. Okay, so you have you as you say yourself, you have a unique unique perspective on the whole thing. So go ahead. Yeah, so um lived here my whole life. So um I have grown up with students around me, but then I've also became a student and now I'm not a student anymore. And in general I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that there's a lot of coexisting going on. You know, the students do their thing. Of course, there's the big weeks. Of course, there's always been problems with that. That's another issue. But um, I think for the most part, they kind of tend to coexist. I think we can all acknowledge that they contribute a lot to the community as well. Um, and Well, they, con- uh, they contribute to whoever sells them breakfast rolls and, and uh, bottles of vodka and boxes of beer, at least, anyway. And working in the bonds and working in QH and working in the Mercy and working in other, you know, uh, different environments as well. All the shops that serve the breakfast rolls and the chicken rolls and all that as well. So, yeah, I do think there's a level of um, coexistence yeah, that yeah. is being put on students now at the moment. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that everybody who has an opinion on it should say some students and shouldn't constantly be saying UCC students for if there were 20,000 of them acting the maggot we'd have a much worse situation right? Of course and in the same way some residents that cause issues as well not all residents so um, yeah I think that's fair to say Okay but you also must acknowledge that year in year out for many many years decades now there have been problems there and they just appear to be getting worse I don't know if that's true. I think I do. You acknowledge I that the, do you acknowledge that some students cause any problems at all? Of course, of course. But okay. I believe I, I mean, just, you can't you can't just say it's students. Like everyone, like there's always going to be people that cause issues in areas. Like there's lots of places that areas that have no students in them, and they have problems with you know antisocial behaviour. People drinking in public, all that kind of thing. Like I know it's more concentrated in this area 
but I don't think it's fair to tire everyone with the same brush. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying that that's what's going on, but I just think that the way the residents have got, or some of the residents have gone about approaching it, hasn't been very fair. In what way? Um, and how have the residents been so, unfair? Yeah. So um, I obviously go out in my area for walks. I go to the shop for milk. Might I point out? Um, and other things and repeatedly people have either passed comments like older residents in the area have passed comments I once had somebody tell me that when I walked past um, the protest that was going on in early June uh, somebody said I was walking just with one other person and they said oh look at them they look full of COVID which I mean why do we have a testing system when this resident can obviously see COVID in her eyes but um, I just think it's totally unfair I think it's ridiculous I think there's no there's no sense in it there's no I don't like it's just completely the wrong approach We're, like all it is doing is creating hostility in the area which is so much worse than a small amount of antisocial behaviour I don't know why it's been approached in this way I know also I know people who rented houses over the summer and who tried to respectfully tell their neighbours that they you know when the restrictions lifted a small bit and you were allowed to have I think was it 15 people indoors um, or outdoors I can't remember but you know they tried to tell their um, the full-time residents in the area that they were going to have a few people over just and to just tell them if it was too loud or anything and they were just met with a wall of abuse. So I, like, I, I'm like i not sure what's the approach that the residents... Because thought. maybe the residents thought that they'd have respite during the summer but then greedy landlords let the houses again across the summer to people who weren't even <laughs> students but would have been going to America or Australia or MAGA but instead they got the 350 and went up there to party the summer away. Isn't that really what happened? I don't think that. I don't. Okay, I don't think we can bring the three fifty into that. There was a lot of people. There was a lot more people than just students, you know, claiming the three fifty. I know. Um, I know that. But we are dealing with a particular topic now, and it is relevant, you know, to bring up to three fifty. It's none of anybody's business where you get your money to pay your rent from. Like that's ridiculous. Like, sure, Jesus, how how do I know where anybody's getting their rent from? You know. I know, but you keep generalizing, and to some extent you are right, but I, 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 you know, this isn't about generalizing about all of society. We're talking about one particular problem that has been there year in and year out. Uh, and of course, it was even worse this year because they had the issues across the summer always. I mean, you can't be suggesting, surely, that Catherine Clancy, the committee, and all of the residents are making this up. Oh, I don't mean to make it up, but I, do, I just don't think their approach was correct. And also, the problem is, like, fundamentally with the landlords then, isn't it? Like, if they're the ones renting And the landlord ended up in court over it, yeah. Yeah, but then, like, is that, like... Is, and then, and then a month after ending up in court, um, I had another story on the air of one of his properties where they had a smoke machine inside in the house and all of the windows were blacked up with bin bags and the fire brigade had to be called. This is the reality of it all. Yeah. I mean, yeah, today that's not very pushed. Like, I just don't think, I think the approach that, like, Catherine and her committee are taking is just, it's just creating more hostility. It's, it's almost, I think, promoting, you know, students rebelling against them because they're just being generally so just hostile and they're just being, I, I sometimes quite mean, like, to, to, to students who are generally trying to make an effort with them, you know? 
Well, it's awful if students who aren't acting the clown are being repeatedly shouted at or insult, insulted yeah. for just walking. I mean, that is unfortunate. Um, you, is. You, and you felt that Catherine didn't help the issue this morning then in her conversation with Nisha, is it? I really felt for Nisha this morning. I thought he did a brilliant job representing UCC and I just thought he was hardly given a chance to really speak because Catherine was constantly cutting across him. And I just don't think that's the way to have the conversation. Okay, well, that may have been my fault if that was the case. Did you, when you were in college and living in the area, go to any house parties? During my time in college? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, how many people would have been in the house? Are we talking pre-coronavirus now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Year in, year out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it was usually more of like a, you know, like a pre-drink setting where, you know, it would be maybe... 10, 15 people before you'd head on into town. And I know that that's an issue now because it, there's nowhere to go. And I know that that's an issue because it's going on longer now. But never more really than 10 or 15. Okay, and, and then say afterwards, after you pile back out of town, would there be another session? No, I um, I uh, usually head to bed. <laughs> okay, okay, all right, okay, appreciate it. Thanks yeah. for taking the call, Eva. You happy with that? No problem. Okay, thank Thanks. you. Cheers, Bye. take care. Noel, good morning. Noel. Hi. Okay, thanks for thanks for holding. Uh, you're a resident of Magazine Road, yeah? That's correct. Okay, for many years? Oh, 30 years. Okay. I've been living here. Okay, and over those 30 years, describe to me what it's been like. Well, to be honest, it is, it is at times difficult, but we should we all got on together. Um, students, I mean, you, you, when I bought a house here uh, 30 years ago, there were students uh, in the area. Everybody was aware that it's a mixed area and there are students and residents living there. Right. Uh, so, I mean, uh, for the first 29 years of my residence here, I never called the guards to any students. Okay. Uh, we, we would go, I would go around and I'd, and I'd speak to students at the start of the year when they come into the houses close to me and we'd say, you know, I'd say, look, you have residents here, you uh, an old lady living across the road, you have an infant child in the house next door to you, you have, uh, you know, myself and my wife live uh, across the road. We have to go to work in the morning. You know, we have to be good neighbours and we have to be responsible. And I would say to them, if if you need it, if you need anything, if you get into trouble or you have any problem, then give me your shout and, and we're open to that. And what would so, they say to you uh, then in response? Uh, the vast majority of students are fantastic. They're young, they're vibrant. Okay, they'd be a bit noisy sometimes, but you put up with that. That's that that wasn't an issue for a very long period of time. Okay. You you'd much rather there weren't parties late at night. But you know, you, you, you live in let live. Okay, well, you sound to be very fair and tolerant about it over the years, but is it still that way now? No, unfortunately. I mean, uh, uh, over the last two two years mainly, we've had colossal difficulty. The first time I rang the Gardaí was when there was a house party in a house close by, <clears throat> and we had a situation at four o'clock in the morning with boom boxes going on. I could feel the vibrations of the music in my house. So, got up at four o'clock in the morning, went to the people, asked them to shut it down, shut it down for two minutes, started up again. Yeah. So, that was the first time I ever rang the guards. But since then, that trend has been, I suppose, significantly continuing. Now, it is not all of the students in UCC. It is not all of the students. It is... Uh, it's not even all of the houses. It's not even all of the houses. Not, of course not. There's, there's some great landlords. There's some landlords, if you ring them up and there's a problem, they will talk to the students and they say, look, we don't want our neighbours upset. 
cut it out. And if, if you don't cut it out, you're out. Do you know in the 30-odd years, or even more recently, whether any students have ever been evicted by a landlord? Yes, I do. Okay, okay. That, that has occurred. There, right. there, are some, there are some fine landlords. The, the houses that are problematic, from year to year, you can see them from year to year. They're the same houses. Same landlord, though. So yeah. it is... Uh, the same landlord. A lot of it is down to the landlord. But you know, we, we're we're I suppose we we've tried to deal with the landlords uh, in the area and, and try to communicate with them. And I will ring them up at four o'clock in the morning if there's a, if there's a, uh, a noise from the from their property. But we have to look at the context here, Neil. We are in a pandemic situation. As you said yourself at the at the start of the show, the likelihood is Cork is going to be shut down. Mm. In the very short term. Mm. We have a college with 22,000 students in it. And do they think that there's a disconnect between what they do in their houses and what's going to happen to their education? Nisha is saying that we've been disadvantaged, we need outlets, we need this, we need that. What they're doing and the, the, the method that a number of students are, 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 you, uh, are their behaviour is inevitably... Going to re- going to lead to an outbreak of COVID in the area, and it's inevitably going to lead to Cork City being shut down. It's inevitably going to lead to them losing their jobs in the bars and restaurants in which they work. I know, but they're young. You it's see, they don't think that far ahead. Like they're at a very well. well you see, they, 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 they're they're young. They're at they're, a very exciting stage in their life, and they're with their mates and their buddies. And we were all there, you know. And we all feel we're invincible. Well, I, we all want to have fun. Think, Neil, I, I I don't think Neil that. That is a justification. Well, no, These but are it's, adults. You know, no, no, no. We, we, we have to stop. I mean... I like it, we can't have them at home drinking tea and eating digestive biscuits. They just won't. Well, I mean, there are methodologies to be used, okay? That smaller groups uh, will spread the virus less than larger groups. Uh, mixing between houses is inevitably going to spread the virus because if you have... 10 people in a house with two bathrooms living next door to 10 people in a house with two bathrooms and all of those people go home to their homes I know. Uh, at the weekend. What kind of a spread is that? So you need to avoid those... Well, many families are telling their student kids not to come home. They say, you're up there now, don't come back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's very helpful to our community. But anyway. <laughs> oh, I know, but what, what has this been... How has it been this week? It has been better this week for, for one main reason, in my opinion. Two reasons, I should say. One is UCC have, uh, for the first time, become really engaged in the in 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 the problems that are arising in the community, and they and they're doing it, I presume, for 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 their own reasons, because they know that what I've said is going to happen. If you students being separated in lectures, students being two meters in labs, that's all very fine, and then they go outside the door and they're all mixing. without any talk for social distancing. Inevitably, that's going to go back into the college for the next class and everybody's going to get COVID-19 or a lot of people are going to get COVID-19. So UCC now recognise that in the community... But so do, if it's quieter, it means that the students also recognise. The other reason that it was quieter and I think the main reason it was quieter is there was a significant presence of Guardi in the area. And why should it be necessary for for guards, for a, a multiple numbers of guards, to be walking around the area from lunchtime to three o'clock in the morning because in order to it's their job? Uh, you know, I mean, 
it's it's their job, but sh- should should they have to do that? And the reason that I rang is because I spoke with Nisha on Monday. I went down to the student union uh, in my own personal capacity to go down there as his neighbour and as the neighbour of all the students in the area, having got the notice that the student union were continuing to run with Freshers' Week. Now, Freshers' Week in context, Freshers' Week traditionally in this area means that there are parties, there's loud noise, there's dirt and filth, bottles, cans strewn around the streets. I went to work at seven o'clock last year in Freshers' Week, and I met four corporation workers on the magazine road cleaning up the dirt and filth that was left after Freshers' Week. One night. Yes, but that's what Freshers' Week. That's what Freshers' Week represents. I know, but I need. I have to be fair to both sides, and this is best I can endeavour to be. But what it hasn't been that way this week, has it? It hasn't been that right. way this week. Okay. Um, it hasn't been that way this week. But what I have to say is this, and the reason I went out to speak with Nisha on Monday was this: to to suggest that running a DJ set and piping it into people's houses will not encourage people to have house parties is delusional. It but, is absolutely. But if delusional. it's quieter and there aren't as many, significantly less, then it means that the students' union plan is working. No, it doesn't. It means that the Gardaí and uh, the college ha- have had an influence on the students. Okay, okay. So we all, we all, we all have to behave responsibly. Okay. Okay. I, I don't think that Nisha and the students' union can take credit for uh, less uh, of an issue in the last two or three nights. Okay. All now, right. uh, 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 I, I really don't think so. I think you have to look at the context and to, and to set up a virtual event which will inevitably encourage people to party in their houses, a DJ set, in my opinion, was grossly irresponsible. Okay, thank you for that, Noel. Appreciated resident for 30 years in the uh, Magazine Road area. Why are you so nasty to students, Neil? They are our future. Leave them the hell alone. Why have someone on the show if you're not even going to let them let him speak? Nisha couldn't get a word in with you and Catherine Clancy, or as the texter says, that Clancy woman. What a joke. You are so unprofessional and condescending towards today's youth as if you were perfect yourself. Calling them maggots? Uh, who does that on a live radio show? It's an absolute disgrace. Well, you're entitled to your opinion. I didn't call students maggots. I suppose this maybe it's a thin line away from calling maggots. I said acting the maggot. Acting the maggot, which to me is entirely different. But we'll pick it up after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Okay, uh, take another couple of calls and some texts because I've got other issues to deal with as well, but we'll drop back in on the topic again uh, tomorrow if needs be. Let's see what happens. Pat, good morning. Thanks for holding. Pat, can you hear me all right? I can. can Okay, thanks for holding. Okay, pick up on the conversation. Was that the, you wanted to pick up on the conversation between Catherine and Nisha? I was indeed, yeah. I was actually surprised, Neil, because I, I love your show and I love your as, as a presenter, but I thought you certainly didn't give him fair uh, go. That woman that was for the uh, rep- residents, every time she got to interrupt her, every time, every time he tried to make an answer, either he or, either she or you interrupted him. He just didn't get a chance to make his point at all, really. Well, if my interruptions, I, if my interruptions were... Uh, too many. It meant that I felt that he was going off topic too often, you know. But he didn't get a chance to, to stay on topic because every time he tried to make a point, he was berated by the, by the resident. They're very, they're very frustrated, though. You know, she said they haven't, they haven't slept in weeks. Well, Neil, I've answered no. 
I, I can understand their frustration, but if somebody has to leave in a week, I don't believe, because that's the honest about it. You could live next to an industrial factory and you'll sleep, because you get used tonight, everyone gets used tonight. You sleep, like, people, people sleep up by the airport. When they're busy airport and just saying taking off and landing at all hours of the night and yeah. Maybe sleep like so I don't understand that she didn't sleep at all. I'm only telling no, you what I the guess. woman said and, and and maybe she was just frustrated from lack of sleep and maybe just totally and utterly <laughs> fed up year in, year out with this kind of thing and you know. But look, year in, year out, first of all, a lot of it is down to landlords and not down to the to the students of that. Because landlords are in those two no, the other thing I think that you made a point, which I didn't think was there either. You said that all those that went out during the summer, they were getting on COVID payment. You don't know that. I don't know that. Nobody knows that. But I do know that the COVID payment has been cut. But a lot of people, they probably do need it. I'm not including myself in that. But there probably is people who got their COVID payment cut that badly need it. Like, it, we're, we're living. Well, we're living. like, I mean, there were students that moved in and people and non-students who moved in on over the summer and were getting the 350 payment because um, parents were telling me about it and I was looking online and they were having what were regarded as COVID, COVID payment parties. What's, so. what's your cost of that name? My name is, you don't know how many were getting the COVID payment. There could have been 10%, there could have been 90%. Nobody knows how many of them were getting the COVID payment but I don't need the COVID payment to be brought into this argument because at the end of the day, then they were having maga. They were having maga party. Look, I'm not. I'm, I don't want to be down on anyone. I, I'm just trying to stick to, you know, try and keep this keep this show on the road and balanced as ever. I accept that you say that uh, that maybe I didn't give Nisha enough opportunity to make his points. Is it? Uh, well, I think that was that was what you mean. My main point, but the other yeah, thing, like, we're right. living in a city that has a big college, but it's two big colleges really, plus a number of small colleges. So you're going to have thousands of students coming in from outside of Cork, which a lot of them are going to bring the cover with them anyway, or they're going to get it when they go home, and they're going to bring it back to Cork. Cork probably will go into phase three, but you can't just because of parties. I think it's a combination of things. I mean, the whole thing is being... I think from day one, the government have done a shocking job on the whole lot of it, really. And it makes me laugh. Students, if a, if a school gets, gets a, a break out of COVID... The rest of the children can carry on with the school. Yeah, but you know this, listen, listen, I've, I don't want to be given the party line on this now, but 15 to 24-year-olds are the ones that are spreading the virus fastest. This is statistically and, 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 provable. And, 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 and why? Because 15 and 24-year-olds are the ones that are all gone back into, well, not all, but a lot of them have gone back into work, they've gone back to school, they've gone back to college. Of course they're going to spread it because they're going to get it. Everyone's going to get it. But I mean, at the end of the day, I don't mean everybody's going to get it. But a lot of people are going to get it. But at the end of the day, you compare that a school can stay open with an outbreak of COVID, but the dog run away to the event centre and hide in there and they're about 400 feet apart. It's a joke. The government are a joke. They just laid the whole thing badly. And when we get the real figures and all the way, what went on? When we get the real figures of what really went on, during this pandemic, we'll see that the government didn't do a good job of that. Okay. Right in the power party on porno, they haven't done a good they haven't done a good job. And when we get all the statistics and all the figures, facts and figures, any other show up. But at the end of the day, to go back to my initial point, this was that woman, I think, got a lot more time and she certainly every chance she got, she him 
Well, they didn't have to physically. No, and you don't have to physically attend the meeting. It was a Zoom call. It was a video screen. I know. I know, and that's that's the that's the personal aspect of it all. I appreciate that. All right. Yeah. Th- thanks, Pat. Appreciate it. Ray, good morning. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me get my act together. No, see, there's nobody on that. So I'll come back to him in a few minutes' time if you wish. Okay, can I? do you mind if I just do some text from, from this morning and the events of the last hour or so? I totally agree with Catherine Clancy. I'm from this area and there are house parties and groups going into the pubs. In fact, I saw a young man on Monday evening throw up at the entrance to Jackie Lennox's chipper and an employee from Lennox's had the job to clean it all up. The students certainly didn't clean it up. Uh, there are there in and out of the pubs, shops and off licenses. I think Nisha needs to wake up and face reality regarding Freshers Week in that it is not virtual. In, f- in fact, it is very much happening in the pubs. And to finish, for the whole summer, there was nothing but house parties going on with huge amounts of people in the houses all renting for the summer to party. Greedy landlords who wanted to make money and to hell with the residents and the people who have to get up for work in the mornings. It was absolutely crazy. Okay, just page up there. How is the summer... Um, sorry, it's disappeared. How is the summer parting got anything to do with UCC? Students as individuals need to take the responsibility. Morning, I'm amazed at the facts, the, at the fact the students just don't care about people around them. We're in the middle of a pandemic and all you want to do is go out and get pissed. There should be no house parties and yet you will be the reason why Ireland will go into another lockdown. We all have to make sacrifices, nothing but excuses. If you're the future of Ireland, we're screwed, says Wayne. Uh, there's a lot of people in a lot of parts of the world screwed. Did you? I noticed that when Biden and Trump were debating the other night, that the big, um, big Google search in America at the time, uh, right up there near the top of the charts, was um, how do I emigrate to Canada? Um, anyway, back to the text. I'm amazed at the fact that the students just don't care about people around them. We're in the middle of a pandemic. What students do in their own time, Neil, is surely their own business. Tackle the landlords who overcrowded houses. Nisha just asked for a respectful conversation, yet, Neil, you continue to let Catherine cut him off. Not a fair discussion at all. Catherine spoke over him every time he tried to speak. Did you ever, did you not hear me any part of that conversation? trying to get her to stop interrupting. Anyway, I take responsibility for that. That's my job. Uh, it's, it seems it's everyone's fault but the students, isn't it? Morning. Anisha's not accurate. These people uh, got put through the ringer all summer from COVID payments and off licenses. Look at our TV screens. Cameras don't lie. The colleges need to step up and expel these students. That nice lady from the magazine Road is right. The Olympics got cancelled. Tens of thousands of events around the world got postponed and this Muppet from the Students' Union uh, had got the cop on or the intelligence shouldn't should have had the cop on and the intelligence to cancel Freshers Week, says Desi. Well, the students' union say that Freshers Week didn't go ahead. I mean, an awful lot of the events that would have happened during Freshers Week did get cancelled. Uh, that lady, although I have uh, sympathy for her and the locals living in the area, but she's worse than Donald Trump constantly interrupting the students' union guy. Give the guy a chance to respond. Okay, that's the selection of text to 0868104106. Let's see if it's any better with Ray now. Ray, good morning. Hi, good morning. Oh, gotcha. Okay, you're just around the corner from College Road, is it? Neil, I'm, I'm living in 10 cents from Bells Road, right behind the Rock Bear. Okay, I know where you are now, yeah. And it's an absolute disgrace the way they're carrying on. I mean, I don't know how the Rock can get away with put 400 people inside the Rock and party on. Because they're, they're not, they're not uh, 
they're not doing what they're supposed to do. But, but, the, but, the, but the hold, hold on a second. The Rock Bar wouldn't take anywhere near 400 people at any time of the year, never mind this time of the year. Trust and me, trust me, Neil. I, I live around the corner. I can't sleep at 12 o'clock at night because they go out the back and the noise that they create. I have, I, and this is the truth, I have a queue from the Rock Bar outside my house which is number 10 which is about 200 yards away from okay, my house Okay, no, I'm not disagreeing I'm just disagreeing on the number I just need to be very careful I mean, you know oh, you're, you're no, throwing no, out a number of 400 but, like, clearly I that thought, isn't the I case This would normally only take about 150 or 200 but they're crammed in there and they have three stewards then that are from the college and they have a, bar- a barrier going down the road and I, I was pulled on many occasions going, oh, you have to wear up. I said, I'm not going in there at all. You know what I mean? Don't cast me as a college student at all. I live around the corner. I'm, go- I'm trying to go home, like, yeah. Yeah, and as well as that then, as well, like, we pull up, we, we, we have uh, country country clean for the bins. Yeah. And they come out and they fill, fill their bins full of bottles. And then when one or two little... Fellas come up that are drunk, kick the bottles over, kick the cans over. This is every single weekend. Yeah. So they're doing this every single weekend. Yeah. And then as well as that, and you can get onto the guards about this, last Tuesday night, there's a college house, number seven it is. It's across by the tarmac, by 10 St. Bells Road. It's only a small, quiet place. You think, no, there might be about two or three beds sitting there. 58 people came out of that place. You counted them, did you? 58 people. We were all there. There were seven, seven residents. And the poor guy, bang out, he was trying to take names, so that was going to be impossible. 58 came out of a small house. Yes. The guards were there to yes. take names. What time was that at? Uh, oh, after the half 11, 12 o'clock, easy. Yeah, so, so what they do is they go they go down to the rock and then they get a takeout and then they go back to someone's house. Okay. Um and did the guards manage to take names? They could only show those people going left, right and centre running away. Yeah. I think they, they, she might have gotten five or six names, but they mightn't have been the right names then either as well, like. And that was last week, was it? That was only last week, yeah. Okay. Um and but what? Since, since they came uh, since they came back, it's got it's got all of control. They, they are not held by anything, any laws. They are willy-nilly, they got 40 people inside their place, and they still don't care. This week? This week? Oh, yes. Is it the, the, the right week? Started last week, was it? Fresher started Monday. Fre- fre- sorry, Fresher started Monday, so it would have been it would have been from Monday on. And do you call the guards? You do? No, I don't, because, like, it's a waste of my time to call the guards. First of all, they have got a manpower to look after us. And second of all, if I do call them, they're laughing, to be quite honest at me. You see, you got to wonder whether that area is fit for purpose at all, because on top of all of that, of course, most of the students have cars and have nowhere to put Niall, them, right? Niall, you're 100% right, listen to me, and I'll put this, and this is the gospel truth. I live in number 10, St. Bells Road, okay? There's a park in there, there's a little square. All that, like, I can't get a residence forming for that place, right? So what they do is they get, they leave anyone put, put, park there without a ticket, 
So I, I came up last week and I put outside my door, I spray painted the line, the length of a car, and I spray painted another line, and I put my cone there. Yeah. I came back from work with my car, and some some fellow was out taking the cone and throwing the cone away and parking his car oh, there. Oh man, that's frustrating, isn't it? But this is going on constantly. I mean, you, you, last year we were on your show as well. We were trying to get a community an uh, order together. But that couldn't have been passed through then either, like. Because these college students live on College Road. They have no parking access. So they're, they can willy-nilly come into my place, park outside my door, and, and tell me, F off. There's none of your business. I can park where I want. Not good for the old blood pressure, I'd say, huh? No, no, no. <laughs> oh, you're laughing, but it's very serious. Not at all. I'm laughing because it's, it's the blood pressure is sky high at this moment. And you tell them, I mean, like last night down at 10 to 3, three fellas sitting on my wall. No, it's not my wall. It's a little three foot wall outside my, outside my door. And they're drinking two litres, having a laugh and a joke. And I said, Dad, you're going to have to move out of there. Where do you think you're coming from? I'll sit where I want in the private area. Because you see where we are. There's no north side, east side, or west side. Everyone congregates around there, you see. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. And it's the college students that are making it different because they don't show anybody respect. I mean, if I walk up there, like, they'll push in front of you in the off license. They're just, I don't know, they're supposed to be running our country when they get out of their time and be doctors and be nurses and be this and that. I wouldn't be going to him anyway if he, if he was my doctor. <laughs> well, you're living with it, you know. You're living with it, so I understand your frustrations. Again, I mean, I'm obliged to say that it's not all college students, but that's of oh, little, that's of little, con- you know, that's of little consolation I, to you. I totally agree with that, like you see. But if you've ten fellas down yeah, there, yeah. and there's only one of them there that's that's been a, a bit of a, a, a dope, he's going to draw another two or three of them in. This is what's happening, you see. I know it's a bit, a bit of peer pressure as well, but I don't need that, especially where I'm living. I know, I know. All right, okay. Well, that's I a like tough one. To bring that to your attention. Appreciate it. Thanks for getting in touch, Ray. Cheers. Text 0868104106. Somebody's suggesting most of the teaching has moved online at UCC, Neil. That's why it's quiet. A lot of them are not in Cork at the moment. Maybe that's the reason. Uh, staff got a few days' notice last week to move classes uh, online. Yeah, but an awful lot of students had moved up because they were so. It was people didn't know. You know, there was not enough notice given to an awful lot of students, and they travelled up to Cork, and then they moved into their accommodation, and then much of it moves online and they've paid the accommodation they can't get their money back kind of thing back after the break text the Neil Prenderville show now 086-8104-106 Red FM they've done this house for 24 years and this is the quietest I've ever known it to be at this time of the year the students are not bad we should give them a break uh, good morning I was on Barrick Street last Friday at half past seven lots of young fellas in groups around and I saw at least two groups with no masks knocking on the door of a pub and they were left in and the door closed again if this is happening and they're gathering in big groups with no masks in these local pubs, then we're all in trouble in the coming weeks. Um, incidentally, you don't have to wear a pub um, a mask when you go into the pub. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't be possible. Just think about that. Um, 
Good morning. My son works in a fashion shop in the city. There's no cleaning being done on the premises for COVID-19 and the dressing rooms are open to the public. People need to be aware the clothes are not being sanitized after being touched and tried on by people. Customers are coming in without masks too and they're not being asked by staff to wear them. I'm extremely worried about my son's well-being at the moment. His place of work should be safe. In his case, it is not. I mean, it's amazing the amount of people that are still walking in and out of places without masks. Can anyone explain to me why this, this is an email that says travellers are allowed into shops without wearing masks and nothing said to them. Can I just say on this um, that you can't generalise against everybody, right? So you may have seen individuals um, from different groups or whatever without a mask, but it doesn't mean that all of that particular group of individuals aren't wearing masks. Uh, but to those that aren't, uh, the emailer says, it's like they're sticking up two fingers to everyone who's being responsible and wearing masks. I was in a shop in the city recently when three walked in without masks on and there also happened to be a guard in the shop queuing at the deli. He looked at them, never even questioned them about not wearing masks. Neither did the shop assistant, which I think is completely unacceptable. The guardy are afraid of these individuals and these people know this and that's why they feel do, they feel they can do what they want around the place. The Gardaí need to toughen up. And that was by email to neil at redfm.ie. My two children go to secondary school where there are 900 students. My daughter already has a cold as the windows and outdoors are left open during classes. She came home blue with the cold one day last week and now I can't send her back into school until the cold is gone. Why can't they have different days in school for different years to go to class? It's baffling. They should have classes online. Since schools and pubs opened up again, COVID-19 has crept drastically up in numbers, says Linda. Uh, God help you if your child coughs in school. That's all I can tell you. Please stop pointing the finger at the pubs. Look at the cases. The pubs reopened on Monday. Um, and the, Well, last Monday week. And the cases were already going up. So how can the rise in cases be the pub's fault? For the last two weeks in Cork, there's been ragweek-style house parties on every night. Why not give big fines to these kids who think they can do what they want instead of closing the pubs, says Sylvia. Um, I, I'm not so sure that I ever suggested that pubs should close. Um, and anyway, um, it possibly could be said that pubs are the safest place to be, an awful lot safer uh, than obviously house parties could ever be. I mean, I, I believe that's what I've been saying. But anyway, it's not about me. It's about what you guys say. I am exhausted and worn out by COVID-19. It has robbed me of my life. I'm a single mother through no fault of my own. I go shopping. I go to work. I stay at home. I'm trying to keep upbeat for my children. There's so much uncertainty with work and I'm dreading winter as the fine weather was my escape to the back garden. And that's what kept me sane. I know, I get you, I get you. Um, and then some lovely, lovely texts. I mean, we had a beautiful piece there about Blackpool uh, on the air last week, which was, which was a beautiful piece of prose that was written and I read out on the air. Uh, and I actually got another one then about, about Shandon Street, which I'll read before midday today. Uh, that was so lovely to hear such happy memories uh, of Blackpool, particularly Paddy Manley's leather shop in Blackpool Village. It was a hive of activity, uh, talent and wisdom. Uh, this is Manley's leather shop. He could craft, he would craft a bridle, a saddle, mend your boots with grace and skill and make a gem from scraps of leather. I often parked outside his shop in dismay at the emptiness of Blackpool Village now. I'd close my eyes though to relive the smells, the noise, the energy. That piece you read out of Blackpool is sad but true. Those were the days. Yeah, I have another lovely one actually on uh, on Shandon Street. Now I can't put my hand on it now, but I will before midday. 
and I'll get it on the air. Uh, so keep those texts coming. Um, beautiful, beautiful call with Anne at the start of the week. Remember we were talking about her and the sad loss of her son. Oh, the misfortunate story. But she was also talking about um, not being able to get holy water. It was a lovely local Cork story. I love those kind of stories. And Lillian uh, listens in California. And she said, I'm sitting here in California listening to Anne's call with you on the air. And I am moved to tears listening. All I can say is, what a woman. She speaks... She speaks to the character of a generation that can be learned from. I think many of the youth of today lack that sort of social consciousness. Consciousness, uh, But above all, her faith touched me so much. My own parents had tremendous faith in holy water. Though my father died young, my mother would never leave the house or go to bed without sprinkling holy water all over the house. And if she forgot for some reason, many's the night, I had to go around with a cleaned-out Worcester sauce bottle full of holy water to sprinkle the house. In her later years, she'd include the unborn in her sprinkling ritual. For many years, here in my new home, I did the same. Anne reminded me that I really want to do that again, even though here we can't get holy water now, even though I work in a Catholic school. But I'm going to make the gesture even without the water, to bless my home, family, and the world in general. We need it at this time. Thank you, Anne. Beautiful conversation with Neil. Blessings upon you, says Lillian. What would be so wrong with you blessing your own holy water, I wonder? Uh, it's just a thought. Anyway, lines are open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Text 0868 and we'll pick it up after 11. 104 to 106. Red FM. This is the Neil Frienderville Show. Okay, um, the Gardaí have no powers to shut down house parties on the basis of it breaking any kind of coronavirus rule, but they can break up a gathering if it becomes antisocial, so they do have some powers. That's why you would have seen the guards in and around uh, that area that I was talking with the uh, chap before 11 on, you know, counting people and trying to take people's names when they were coming out of a small little house not too far from the Rock Pub. So um, that's the reason for that. Isn't it funny the way government are telling us we need to learn a lesson from how we've been treating the COVID rules? However, they don't seem to be learning from their bad judgments in running the country year in, year out. Governments never learn from their own mistakes, do they? That's a super text. Well said. There's a huge amount of individuals getting extremely sick of COVID and future consequences. Some young individuals are still sick, sick months, six months after COVID with no underlying conditions. Some people are still out of work. Some people are losing their jobs and even their homes. People need to show respect and wear a mask. We need to adhere to the guidelines. We're all in this together. Um, you're, you used an anal- analogy yesterday, Neil, of a, fict- of a fictitious cancer sufferer being hit by a car to justify people with underlying conditions uh, being recorded as COVID deaths. But this anal- ina- analogy inadvertently highlights the flaw in our recording mythology. In your analogy, the patient's death would be recorded, quite rightly, as a road traffic accident. But had this imaginary and unfortunate individual tested positive for COVID, the cause of death would have been recorded as COVID-19. Do we see the problem now? Well, that's exactly what I was saying yesterday. So thank you for picking up on it. But I am, another Richie says, I'm flabbergasted at your response to your caller's scientific insights. All our precautions are supposed to be based on scientific fact, yet you say you don't care about the science, but you're happy to tell your listeners to wear a mask over and over again. Have you joined the Jedward Massif? Are you taking the Leinster House shilling, says Richie? (laughs) No. Oh, God. Oh, I love 
my job, I love my job, I love my job. I was fed, I, I didn't want to spend time talking on the air yesterday morning about the speed in which a test tube rotates in a lab. I'm not dismissing all science. <laughs> Please, can you not see the difference? Um, I spoke to a hotelier in Ben Almadena. He said Spain is like a war zone and no one is out there. Most hotels and bars are closed. People stay safe. What happened in Spain could happen here. Don't go there, says Mick. Actually, Spain's numbers have gone nuts. Uh, and I will be going, hopefully this morning, uh, to take a call from Spain before quitting time. Um, okay, let, let me just change horses for a little while, if nothing else. I want to bring in the, the broadcaster, Joe Seward. Joe, good morning. Good morning, Neil. To, to, some, to some extent, you're picking up on what I was saying earlier on there. During the U.S. presidential debate the other night, the first of three, one of the, one of the Google searches were, that was trending in America was, how do I emigrate to Canada? Kind of makes sense, doesn't it, when you see what happened? Yeah, it was a, a bizarre piece of uh, television. Um, I suppose so many words have been used, circus, brawl. Looney Tunes, many people were picking up on. Looney Tunes, like watching a cartoon. Yeah, and I think given that very often in debates in in recent times, we've seen people uh, haven't been enamoured with either candidate, and very often the moderator can steal the show. But in this instance, the moderator also struggled and didn't really emerge with his reputation intact. Uh, Very, very polished guy, Chris Wallace, but... From start to finish, he really struggled to, to contain this and never really managed to regain control. Everybody so, wants to have a winner at the end of this debate. Was there one? You know, it might be popular to say it, but I kind of likened the, the whole contest to a, maybe a sporting game where a, a team went in as underdog and they, they played very defensively. Well, in this instance... Um, Trump was going in trailing in the opinion polls and his objective was to ensure that um, Joe Biden didn't gain any further ground. And to that extent, he thwarted him with negative tactics throughout. And maybe he emerged the winner because Biden maybe didn't increase his his advantage and didn't gain any further momentum. Do you think that Trump went into this with the the message from his team, um, you know, don't mess up, like just play safe? Yeah, um, tr- Trump was the aggressor from start to finish and rattled Biden one or two times when Biden managed to speak directly into the camera. He looked quite assured and, and had some decent content, but he wasn't afforded that opportunity by Trump too often through the debate. Um, Trump's, you know, fr- from start to finish, really, Trump Trump was the aggressor. So you could say maybe he won, but it was a very, very difficult kind of contest to gauge was there a winner really, but uh, I, I suppose Biden would be pleased that he didn't He didn't have any serious gaffes uh, through the course of, of that debate. Yeah, Trump is said to have interrupted Biden 73 times. Yeah, 73 times, and uh, there was times when Biden's frustration showed this was when he responded calling him a clown. And, and he also said, uh, have a listen to this, he also said this. I'm not going to answer the question. Why because, would you answer that because question? Because the you question is, the question Supreme is, the radical question, left. Will you who shut is up, on, man? Listen, who is on your list, Joe? This Who's is on your so list? Right. Gentlemen, I think this we've is ended so this. unprecedented. We have ended this segment. We're going to move on to... It's probably easier to watch it on television and harder to hear the audio. Will you ever shut up, man? 
Yeah, there was similar frustration, I think, back in 2000, Al Gore's debate with um, George Bush, but it wouldn't have been to, to that extent. Gore's frustration was very, very evident, and some people felt it, it may have cost him. But um, it was nothing like the level of frustration that you could see on on Joe Biden's face. Um, it, it was it, it was actually minor in comparison, but that that was being used as a bit of an analogy to, uh, as a as a template that, that debate back in two thousand. Yeah, but I mean, Biden's well capable of dishing it out. Like he called him a clown. He called him the worst president that America ever had. They fact checked much of what Trump had to say, actually, and those that were fact checking said that it was an avalanche of lies. Yeah, I liked what um, uh, Trump's response was to that. He said, um, I've done more in 47 months than you've done in 47 years, Joe. And um, tr- Trump was quite witty and, and at times some of it was quite humorous. But as you say, there was very little factual content from Donald Trump to back up, up any of his arguments. It was just a, a kind of a, a tirade of um, insults, really, um, and, and one-liners that I think there was a lot of memorable one-liners in it through the course of the night. He got quite personal as well, bringing his son, his his son who'd died and had been decorated in the military. Um, and then he leapt on to his other son, Hunter, who'd had uh, well-documented problems with cocaine. Do but, you think families uh, are off Biden. limits? You do? Well, they're not really, because as we know here in Ireland, one of the, one of the most cutting um, elections of all this is the presidential campaign. And uh, that can be quite personal, and, and and families have been brought into that in the mm. past. So, mm. if you, if it can be brought into an Irish presidential election, you can be certain it's going to be but brought did, into. Um, yeah, but did Biden get personal with Trump, or did he rise above it? You know, family. I mean, he rose above it. I, 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 I didn't think he brought family into it too much. He did refer at one stage to um, Trump was talking about the suburbs in the United States and. Biden said a lot you would know about the suburbs. Biden was quick to try to point at maybe his working class upbringing in Pennsylvania, whereas, as, as we know, Trump you know, was, was born into wealth from, from, from an early age. Um, so it, 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 while he brought family into it, it wasn't, it wasn't as personalised as the, the references to, to the sons of, of Joe Biden. Who are, who are the proud boys that the moderator brought up and then Trump responded? Yes. <laughs> These are the far right um, guys, I suppose. You, you could you could you could bring reference maybe to Ku Klux Klan members, um, and people have been looking for Donald Trump maybe to come out and and get, for once and for all clarify his position on, on racism because he, he he has yet to come out really and condemn the extreme far right groupings. He switched he switched in the middle of that then and said that there was far more trouble being called by. By people from the left who he was linking to, to Biden. Yeah, his, yeah, his, yeah. His, but his he, he said something like, proud boys stand back and stand by. That sounded quite menacing to me. It did. It was... Um, <laughs> very often Trump says something and <laughs> I think afterwards, if he was to reflect on it, maybe he may, he may not have said it because again... Because they're, you know, they're said to be white supremacists, aren't they? White supremacist, yeah, uh, who, who we, we would be quite familiar with. Um, the, the, gro- the growth of that movement, I suppose, um, in the United States continues. Uh, and we've seen elements of far-right movements coming in here, infiltrating some of these marches in, in recent months. But in the United States, at, at the moment, as we know, it's a very divided country. Yeah. And, um, the Black Lives Matter marching campaigns, I suppose, which spread right across the United States. But the levels of violence and, and there are fears that in 
you know, that, that there will be violence in the lead up to the election because it is very much a divided country just now. And more so than ever now with, with COVID-19. And uh, like if COVID had never come, ag- come along, would you say that Trump would have romped home? I would have thought back in January that Trump was an absolute shoo-in, yeah. an absolute shoo-in. Um, but from April onwards, their position in, in, in the betting market has flip-flopped and Biden is now favourite. Um, it's still quite tight, um, but the, the sense is Biden has the momentum at the moment and we're running out of time. In the greater scheme of things, um, televised debates don't make a huge amount of difference because I think in this instance most people have their minds made up already and in some states they're actually voting so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and there's two more debates to come isn't there two more debates to come but given what went on the other night it's difficult to see but uh, you know there was so much interest in that debate the other night um, and there's been so much reaction to it in the interim that I'm sure viewing figures will go through the roof uh, I think Trump said that um, yesterday he said that you know, you guys are you guys would miss me if I wasn't here. Um, <laughs> referring to the television companies, um, because he is box office. Love him or loathe him, he he is like Marmite. Is but he he divides opinion right down the line, and that's why America at the moment is very much a divided place. Why are we so interested in it? Do you think, or are we? I don't know. I knew a lot of people got up to watch it the yeah, other morning. So do I. Critical. Yeah. Yeah, and and they were critical of it. And maybe it is the Trump factor, the fact that he. He is so unpopular and, uh, you know, at times, you know, he, he, whether you dislike him, he is, he, he tends to, there's going to be so much controversy after what, whatever appearance, his press conferences were box office at the start of um, COVID and uh, people felt at the start of COVID when he was still marginally ahead in the opinion polls that he was gaining so much um, television time that it, it was to his advantage, but ultimately, um, that 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 amount of exposure ultimately became his Achilles heel because of the the repeated gaffes at, at his press conferences. So, um, and that was, was even box office in itself, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But and and in, I won't keep you much longer. But but interestingly, and I don't mean to be ageist in this, Biden is seventy seven and Trump is seventy four. I mean, um, they're getting on a bit, aren't they? They certainly are, and uh, you, you'd have to say, looking on the other night. You, 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 as an American, you wouldn't be overly enamoured with the choice available to them just now. And um, uh, even, I suppose, the the alternatives for the Democrats in the lead up to the the, the, the election were hardly inspiring either. So uh, pe- people are looking at the the respective um, running mates as well as potential maybe future presidents. But America hasn't exactly been spoiled for choice going back in time. Um, we look back at the that election between Al Gore and George Bush again, hardly two inspiring candidates. So it, it comes at maybe a period, I suppose, across the world. We looked in the United Kingdom at the last general election, but it's hardly an inspiring choice there when we had Boris Johnson and Jeremy Corbyn That's as right. respective yeah. Prime Minister. You wonder, so, is that the best you can come up with? Like, Surely, yeah. And, ta- and Trump's tax affair is like $750 in each tax year. Is that true? Yeah, he he, re- he he said he would be presenting his... But he um, said that before he was elected first time. He's been saying that for like nearly five years. I think that's why some people like me, actually. Be that he's just so he's just so defiant. You know, he, he says one thing, but he, he refuses to do it. But, uh, some people are actually enamoured by that. Um, I know lots of people living in the States who swear by Trump and feel 
that, you know, when, when he took over from Obama, that he achieved a lot and that their businesses got back on track. Yeah. And that he was a doer. Um, uh, he isn't, he's definitely not a stereotypical politician. Um, he, 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 never, he never stops and measures what he's going to say. You know, he, he speaks first and thinks later. Um, and, and that's why I suppose he's, you know, he, he is so controversial. Yeah. He just yeah. isn't a stereotypical politician who kind of, Works off a script. He doesn't That's right. He's, he's definitely off scripted. And do you know off the top of your head when is the next debate? The next debate is in a fortnight, as far as I know, but I'm not 100% certain. Okay, so they put two weeks between the three, do they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. But the, the, the big question is what, what kind of a difference does it make, given that there's so very few undecideds in, in the United States at the moment? And it, it's very, very hard to, to make up ground now at this stage. Um, Biden just seems to have that little bit of momentum. But yeah, but the thing about these debates is one major gaffe can swing it, like, in the middle of a live TV debate. It can, and maybe that's why the other night that um, Biden, Biden was setting out to be very cautious. Wait for the that's third round, though. To ruffle. Yeah. So, we'll yeah, maybe we'll Trump is going in, I suppose, behind. It's like in, in boxing parlance, Trump is behind... And need the knockout, and, <laughs> and at this stage, you think he he might, but he was also behind similarly in the opinion polls going into the last election. They say a lot of people, when questioned in America um, for these opinion polls, uh, don't really reveal that they're going to vote for Trump. They might. I heard Biden, that before. They do say that. Yeah, they wouldn't say that they're going to vote for Trump because they feel, oh my God, people will freak. But they actually are. Yeah. From an Irish perspective, I suppose people will point to the fact that Biden maybe would be would be a better option, but um, you know, given his background. But oh yes, I read somewhere this morning that an Irish plumber has told how he proudly watched his cousin Joe Biden take on the bully boy Donald Trump. So he does have Irish descent, does he? He does, yeah, right. and. Um, given, I suppose that there have been pro- the Brexit situation and. You know, the problems of the Good Friday Agreement resurfacing, people point to the fact that we would need a strong American president with, with, um, uh, you know, with a grow for Ireland. So so it might be important from that perspective if there are any problems down the line. Wait wait and see. Might talk to you after the second debate in a couple of weeks' time, all right? Thanks for taking the call. Okay, cheers, Take care for now. Thank you, Joe Seward. Meanwhile, this is just one fast clip, actually. It might even bring up the tax aspect here. Hang on. And he does take advantage of the tax cut. That's why I'm going to eliminate the Trump tax cuts. And well, why didn't you do it over 20, in the last 25 years? Because you weren't president screwing things up. You were a senator. And You're the, the worst you president America has ever had. Hey, hey, Come Joe, on. Let me, let me just say, Joe, I've done more in, in 47 months. I've done more than you've done in 47 years, Joe. Yeah, there's another clip there somewhere where the moderator asks Trump how much tax he pays, and he says millions, millions, millions of dollars. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 1851 Red FM. Uh, okay, interesting. We started this morning on the Leaving Cert. My daughter got 420 points in the pre's and 370 in predicted grades. Uh, wasn't the teacher's fault. All her grades were put down by the system. She is devastated and never got the course that she wanted, which is so... I hope that she does get there and gets the course by another way or by another avenue or another course 
if you like, because uh, if she really had her heart set on one particular course, then that is her choice of career. And I hope it happens for it's so sad when something like that happens. The goddamn year that we're living in now. Um, you know, uh, I know that we have uh, lots of different people with lots of different opinions. And I know I've said it in the past, but when we started off in March, of course, it was a very different scenario, very much going into the unknown. And I understand that as months go by, people form opinions and many people gather their opinion by reading and by researching, by Googling. And in many ways, that is a very good thing. Uh, so everybody's entitled to an opinion. But when, when I talk uh, with, with people who some people would regard as being conspiracy theorists, I get grief over it. And now there's a term called YouTube medical experts. Uh, but I'm, I'm happy to talk to all sorts. But, you know, bear in mind that sometimes if you're, if you're on, it is my job to be challenging and question. Um, and that's not meant to come across as rude or anything. But Anthony says, I see that you have all the YouTube medical experts on the air these days. They haven't a clue what they're saying, though. Uh, even pub owners are horrified at the current COVID figures. Let the real experts please get on with their jobs. Maybe if the people responsible for the spread just copped on, we might get somewhere with the virus. We all know why the figures are up. The silent majority won't come out and say it. It's the vocal minority keyboard health experts who are putting unnecessary pressure on us all, says Anthony. Yeah, any time that I mention, you know, what's the big deal? Wear a mask, wash your hands and stay away from the same amount of people that you think you normally would visit, like half the amount of people. I say, oh, for God's sake, you're buying into that mantra again, are you? Um, but here's another one. Mick says, I wanted to comment on the number of people who died from COVID. In my opinion, they are twisting the truth when they say that a million people died so far with COVID. Uh, as far as I know, they add up all of the deaths with COVID-19 from all of the countries. But the majority of people who died in all of the countries had underlying health conditions. In Ireland, for example, I believe 95% of all COVID-19 related deaths were people with underlying health problems. And unfortunately, they might have died anyway, just like every year with the flu. The vast majority of that one million people who have died with COVID would most likely have died from their underlying health problems. If I'm wrong, please tell me. Well, the only thing I can say about that, and I'm sure others will have an opinion on it, is in spite of their underlying health conditions, if it was your brother or your sister or your mother or your father who had underlying health conditions and uh, contracted COVID-19 and they died, um, you know, would you still be dealing with it in the statistical way that you are now? I just wonder. Um, the guy Noel you spoke to on air was spot on. He hit the nail on the head. Nobody is aware when this virus will ease off. It could be years, apparently. So therefore, people vulnerable to it must take their own precautions and the rest of us must be allowed to get on with our lives. Mark says we need to think of the economy as well. Um, myself and my wife and 20 friends and family members became really ill last November, all with COVID symptoms for two weeks. We felt like death and the doctor thought it was a thing called a super flu. He put us on two courses of antibiotics and we were told uh, the flu gets stronger every year. We got tested as he thought everyone had pneumonia mixed with pleurisy. The bio lab came back with an unknown viral result. An unknown viral virus result. When I asked the doctor about it, he said we can get different viral viruses and we'll be okay after a week. When I tell people this story, they all remember back in November that they were sick too and they were told the same by their doctors, an unknown viral virus result. Uh, forgive me, there are literally reams and reams of texts and calls and emails on this and lots more besides, but I'm endeavouring to mix things up as best I can. Um, thank you so much, Eric. He says, the next US presidential debates, October 15th and October 23rd, says Eric. Thank you for that. Today is the first day of October, a new month. Um, now, 
many of the calls that we have with people who have been through the services and the, the um, um, you know, different departments in the HSE, we contact the HSE for a response to the different stories that people tell us on air. And in the case of Lisa Marie, we also have contacted the, at the COMH on this topic. For me, though, there is something gravely wrong in the COMH, in spite of the terrific work that they do. Because far too often I've been dealing with stories, um, very, very upsetting stories, the likes of Lisa Marie's story, um, where, all right, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna drill into it because she's gonna tell me the story, but where people in very upsetting circumstances with their pregnancy, where perhaps they're about to lose their baby or in, indeed to, to miscarry, they're in the same area as people who are in for happy scans or indeed people who have just given birth and have a brand new, beautiful little baby. Lisa Marie, good morning. Oh, I'll just get myself together here. Thanks. Lisa Marie, did you hear me? You did? You hear that intro? Oh, yeah. Okay. Morning. Would you Would you agree with me in that regard? Yeah, of course. Um, I don't understand why they leave women who lose their baby in with women who have healthy babies. It's very distressing as well. Hmm. And this isn't the first time that I've spoken to a woman in the situation that you found yourself in. We're going back some weeks now um, when sadly you miscarried. Is that right? Yeah, it's um, six weeks ago today when I found out that my baby's heartbeat stopped and my baby was gone. Was that a scan, was it? Yeah. Um, And I was sent away and they said, it'll be a few days and it'll all be over. And that wasn't the case. Um, I was um, Saturday, something was wrong. So I went back in and they scanned me and um, they gave me um, very strong painkillers to take home. And then on the Monday morning, I woke up in severe pain and I'd get an ambulance and the ambulance basically said that my body went into shock. So it was like labour. And I went down to the hospital. Is that, and that's what the tablet, I think, isn't that what the tablet is supposed to do, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, called medical management. It kind of, um, it kind of just gets your body to kind of bring on the rest of it. I know. We won't dwell on that, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But um, but every week I was brought in to be told the same thing that, oh, my body's not doing it. And I was given these tablets to go home with and they're very, they they cause a lot of pain and it's awful to go through. And for six weeks it's been all happening because they wouldn't give me the, the operation. And yesterday I went in. And, and so on four different time. occasions you had these courses of tablets, is it? Yes, and they, they failed each time. And each time I went in for a scan, I was put in because I came up crying when they told me that it didn't work again. And uh, I'd have to try them again. I was brought in and right next to where you get the scans, there's like a little corner with a curtain. And they put me in behind the curtain each week to cry on my own. And um, while I was waiting to see the doctor and you could hear all the women coming in getting their scans and talking about how long they are and stuff and it's really cruel that you're just left there each week somebody somebody a few weeks ago described somewhere in there and this is no disrespect to the staff now who don't design these buildings incidentally but they described it as like a broom cupboard yeah that's what it's like and it's just a stool there and they don't check on you or anything Um, because when I was in reception I was crying and they said you're kind of upsetting the other women could you would you mind coming down here with me and I was expecting to go into like a, you know, a room, but it was just a little corner with a curtain and they just put me in there with a stool and that was it. And it was just, it's, it's so cruel how they do it. Um, I was in yesterday when I was waiting to get my scan. A lady went in happy and she was roaring crying. She came out, obviously something happened. 
and they took her down to the corner where I go and closed the curtain and left it there until she saw the doctor. Um, it's such a small area as well, the early pregnancy clinic in the CUMH. It's tiny, like... Um, and you were alone, were you, under these circumstances? All alone, And was yeah, that woman, was that woman you just spoke to, was she alone as well? She was all alone as oh, well. Stop. And um, I actually, it was, it's terrible. And, um... Do you yeah, feel like going yeah, over to her? I wanted to go over and just kind of comfort her. But I knew that they'd tell me stay away because we all have to stay away from each other in there, but even though it's small. Um... And then yesterday, when they told me that it's it's not working again, they offered me the, the tablets again, and I said, "Look, I just can't because it's very uncomfortable." And um, they, I'm booked in for surgery now on Monday morning, but they said to me because it's going on so long that I'm at more risk of complications of them damaging my room or other yeah. organs yeah. to sign waivers because um, if they don't have to start, I wouldn't have went through all of this for like six weeks. I've never heard of this that I'm still miscarrying six weeks later. I've never heard of it either that long, to be I honest with you. I haven't either, no. And, um, like, even, it's kind of, the whole experience has just been, like, horrific. Like, last week I was bringing my son home um, from school, and out of nowhere I passed a product, and when I showed the doctor the next week, he was actually shocked himself. It's like they didn't know what was going on. They just had no regard of my feelings. I don't know why they left it this long to do the surgery if they could have done it at the start to save me weeks of going through the horrific things that were happening to me. And when is the surgery now? Do you know? Have you a date? Um, it's, Monday, it's Monday morning. I have to be in the hospital at 7 a.m. And will you have to go in on your own? Yeah, Yeah, I will. And it's my son's t- birthday as well. So it's going to be upsetting to go. <laughs> it is. It's tough. It's going to be very tough, and it's been tough on you. It really has. Um, is and I just feel as well that the midwives and doctors are very cold. Why um, do you say that? Because um, when I was crying, like they just didn't, they didn't say, "Oh, I'm so sorry." It's just it was like I was a number. They done the scan, and they just left me into the corner where to cry. And then I was called into the doctor's room, and they explained everything I already knew. And it just did. When you, you're saying when you had been told that your baby's heart had stopped beating, you started to yeah, cry, I, but but yeah. nobody nobody comforted I, you at that stage. No, even throughout going in every week, um, I was hoping that every week I went in that it was all over. But to be told it wasn't, and I was crying when I got the scan because I know it's still happening, and they just they didn't disregard my feelings at all. They just threw me out and. Ah well, I wouldn't say threw you out, but there wasn't a there wasn't was, a yeah. there wasn't a kind word, is it? Yeah, it was just felt like you know I'm in a rush. I need someone else to come in after you, kind of a thing. No, I mean it's good to talk about these things. Like in the past, when we were dealing with the issues involving the CUH and elderly patients in the geriatric care areas. Those kind of conversations make a difference and yours will as well because we went on to the COMH for a response to your story and we've sent your details. This system has to change and they must come up with a better way of dealing uh, with women who are distressed in pregnancy. They really must. That's it. Um, like, because what I've, like, what I could actually, what i experienced, it's so horrible and for people, like, I'm, I think I'm strong that I went through it but people mightn't be as strong to deal with all these feelings that was happening. And I just think that they should treat... It, it, to me, it feels like because when I was pregnant and I was going out for my scans and I was seeing my baby, it was just different. I don't know. It was like, so, it's like it switched when I wasn't pregnant. I'm not as important anymore. I know. I know. 
kind of what I felt like it but, was. But you um, see, it is very important because emotionally you flipped on your head, you see. And, yeah, they, and that right. needs to be taken into consideration. And therefore, even from the from just from the point of view of, you know, where you are brought to and who sits with you or, the you know, where you are surrounded with and what you don't hear and what you don't want to be hearing is newborn babies or, you know, people happy or yeah, smiling. Because yeah, um, you have nothing to celebrate. Um, yeah, because yesterday um, they informed me that they were going to keep me awake for the procedure. And... Um, they wanted to give me the epidural and stuff and I just, I begged them to say, look, I really don't, I've been through enough trauma, I don't want to remember what's going to happen. So I begged them to put me under and they'd get a COVID test done and it brought me down to the A&E and I was in with all these ladies that with their bumps and stuff and their yes, newborn babies around me and it was just so distressing. No, I'd imagine that could easily be fixed if they just stop yeah. and think about how they could fix it and make it better. Yeah, that's just like... Yeah. For you and for that other lady that you witnessed and the other calls that I had some weeks back on this. Um, you need to mind yourself. There's a, a, a texter says here, um, I'm not going to go into the full details because it's quite graphic, but she says, I got the operation that you're getting the next day after the miscarriage or the heartbeat had been noticed of, and, you know, the heart stopped, baby's heart stopped. Um, and after the operation, you will have a very cold, empty feeling. The tablets can make you feel very low and you need to watch yourself, she says. Look after yourself. Does that make sense to you? Oh, yeah. They just, like, and they don't explain to me, like they're not good at explaining what's going on. Um, like they just told me that I'll be in pain after the surgery and all this stuff, but they haven't, like through the whole process, they haven't explained to me fully what's been going on because they were surprised when I was telling them what was happening to me at home. Like They were surprised when I was telling them. Well, Which wasn't uh, reassuring. well, thank you for sharing your awful tragic news and how, how the treatment there and hopefully it will make a difference and we can get some way, shape or form, we can try in some way, shape or form to change the system there, all right? Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks very much. Uh, you're very good, Lizzie Marie. And just, um, just to let you know, there are other texts coming in here. I see one on the screen saying, yeah. I know the curtain that Lisa Marie is talking about. It's awful. I was given the same tablets as Lisa Marie um, and ended up in hospital for days from the pain of those tablets. So you're not alone, all right? Oh, that's good. I'm delighted that people are reaching out because people need to talk about this because it's not right this day and age. Listen, thank you so much. Yeah. No worries. Thanks, me. You're lovely. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. You betcha. Text 0868-104-106. Um, oh, yeah. A lot of different stuff. Um, schools. School students are in school pods at school and they can't mix together. But at one o'clock, all the students leave for lunch. There's approximately 300 students congregating at a garage close to the school near me every day. They're lined up in twos and the queues are enormous. No one wears masks until they enter the shop either. Surely the school should not allow students to leave the school and insist they eat their lunch in their respective pods. It defies logic. And also, make more sense, no disrespect to the shops really though, but you'd avoid queues if you brought your lunch from home, wouldn't you? The shops won't like me for that, I know. But is there any reason the 15 to 24s or the increase at the moment. But today will say a lot, you know, today will say a lot with regards to Neffet and what they decide with regards to Cork. And it will be, if we go into three, it'll be the whole county, won't it? It won't be just regions of the whole county. Uh, many people then, oh yes, um, if you can't get to a test centre because um, you um, don't drive or you don't have a car, 
you're not supposed to get on a bus and you're certainly not supposed to get into a taxi, uh, you will be given a phone number and if you're not asked for it because uh, the army, the defence forces will provide uh, transport for you. I'm a taxi driver who brought a student to the test centre in Blackpool on Monday. She never told me she had a close contact either of a confirmed case. I was very upset but she didn't see that it was any kind of a problem. Um, I have had the test and I do not drive nor do I have anyone that could drive me to a test centre. Um, there is no test centre in the city and I had to go out to the Mallow Road for my test. How are people without cars supposed to be tested? I was also told that I had to be in a car physically to be tested. I had to pay 96 euro to get for the taxi ride. Neighbour of mine had to go for a test. When she got her appointment, she told them she was no way she'd get to the test centre. The army collect, collected her, dropped her to the test centre and brought her home again. Fair play to him. Morning, I'm a first year student in college. Last week when the government announcements came out, I understood students were asked to stay at home and attend college online. But when I rang my accommodation, they refused to give me a refund for my accommodation. I'm attending college in a different county. I don't blame the students for parting. The government should have given clearer guidelines and instructed college accommodation to advise students not to travel and for accommodations to give refunds. Maybe then they wouldn't have problems with parties. Um, that they're having now. Thank you for that. And actually, there are some more texts from UCC students as well, which I hope to get on the air maybe before midday today. We'll see. Melissa, good morning. Hi, how are you? Well, have you, you have a question, I believe, is it? Yeah, I, I I just got really annoyed hearing some of the text messages coming in. My daughter is has an underlying condition. She's only seven years of age. So is it okay for her to die of COVID-19? Yeah, you see, this is so important when we generalize about things. We can't take every scenario into consideration. So your daughter, oh, yeah, well, she had underlying health conditions. COVID wouldn't kill her. It'll be the underlying health conditions. The yeah, there's still people. I mean, her underlying health conditions necessarily wouldn't kill her, so it's not going to kill her. She's not going to die from them, really, maybe until she gets older. But does that mean it's okay still for her to die? When people refer to underlying health conditions, I imagine in their head, they're thinking of somebody in their 70s or their 80s or their 90s, you know? Exactly. Nobody actually puts um, children so children into that scenario at all. Or a, a, a chronic asthmatic in their 30s or 40s, for instance, or something like that. Yeah, exactly. There's like, it's across every age group that there's underlying conditions. I myself have an underlying condition, which is a thyroid problem, which is actually on the list. But, you know, there's plenty of other people who would have that who wouldn't put themselves in the underlying conditions because they wouldn't know that. Okay, so how's it been for your daughter for the past six months? Well, we literally, from March until she only went back to school, did not see anybody. She only saw us. We didn't go to the shop. So she, we actually, as a family, were in complete isolation for six months. And now that she's back in school, is that a worry? What precautions have been taken? There's... Obviously, there's the precautions of no no parents are allowed inside the gate and all that, and all the hand cleaning is done and all that's done. She would get sick anyway. She has Cunnilingus Lang syndrome, so there's only 26 in Ireland have this syndrome. So they suffer from chest complaints. So oh. she would suffer from yeah. pneumonia. She has a pneumonia jab, and she's only seven. She got that two years ago. Um, she she got the bird flu and ended up in the bonds for two weeks on oxygen and everything. So we know she can get very, very sick even with the slightest cold. So this can happen. We know we know how sick she can get. So only she's only back to school last week after being out for with the chest infection for two weeks. 
But that, that was going to happen anyway because she was going back to school and she picks up all the bugs and then she gets sick and then she I'll get another month out of her and she'll be sick again. But you're still happy, I mean, maybe happy is the wrong word, for her to go to school, are you? She loves school. Yeah, I know, it's Beyond important. If it was yeah. up to us, um, I'd probably, if she hated school, it'd be great. Um, yes. She would wake up every morning looking to go to school. So really, I kind of feel I have to send her then because she really wants to go. And bear in mind, I have I have six other children on top of her, so she's only the second youngest. So there's other children I have to take into account. There's another two schools that my other children go to. So you don't know what's coming from. Oh, I know, so, I know. You're like yeah, you're like so a, you're like a have, juggler, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So you're trying to okay, go and write. I do that and that's school. That's fine. But then you're looking outside the school, and I'm there with my mask on, and some people don't wear masks, and some people are on top of each other. And I've stopped looking at it because it will drive me crazy. I know, I know. Keep her safe, Melissa. Keep her safe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I have to keep myself safe, keep our our masks on and everything. But that's what annoys me when people don't take into account. Do you know, people can be quite selfish. People of all ages can have underlying health conditions. Yeah, well said. Thank you for that. Thanks, Melissa. Cheers. Lines are open at 1850-104-106. This is funny, actually. Not so funny for the couple of characters involved, though. Joe Kelly is from The Good Room and The Kino in Cork. And uh, their CCTV cameras are in perfect working order, I can tell you. Joe, good morning. How are you, Neil? Good, 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 good. What happened last night? Well, basically, it was funny because we had the opening of the Cork Folk Festival, which is on all this week, both here in the Kino, and then there's they're virtually online from the Opera House and made a few other gigs. You know, in other words, they're trying to stay going. So anyway, we were here, and ironically, we had the Lord Mayor and Lady Mayoress in with us, and they were just leaving. So after they left, I went inside, and literally, we had nine, you know, they're kind of school chairs, kind of. But anyway... We had nine of them outside, and I went out five minutes later, and I went, well, there's seven of them there now. <laughs> and uh, and I went, is it me? Did I forget? So I w- went around the building going, did, did I leave two chairs somewhere? But anyway, obviously I did. Did you stack two and on top so, of each other or something? Yeah, miscount, yeah, yeah, no, I was kind of going, where the hell did the two chairs go? And literally, I'd only been outside two minutes earlier, you know. And uh, so anyway, cut long story short, we just reviewed the video cameras. and we well, the, Do you review the video cameras? It wasn't the Lord Mayor took them home, no? <laughs> no, thankfully he has his own chairs. <laughs> okay. But uh, what's it? So it was basically three young fellas, kind of, you know, I'd say early twenties. One guy with a grey top, one guy with a black top, one guy with a maroon top. And the thing was, they were obviously heading west, uh, you know, from the Washington Street area, passing us, heading out towards college or whatever that way. And um, they they didn't even hesitate. You'd normally expect someone to kind of, will we, won't we, will we, won't we? <laughs> they didn't. One guy just jumped over the ropes, grabbed the chair and walked. The other, and they're in full view of our cameras, like, you know, as in we can see the three of them, which we will be passing on to the guards unless these fellows miraculously drop the chairs back. But... Um, they're there and then the other guy sees the brave guy number one kind of goes oh I'll do it as well I know like sheep yeah herd like one takes one the other size yeah they're probably short kitchen chairs maybe in a rental accommodation that they're sharing or something like that that could be the case you know but um, you want them back do you yeah we'd love our chairs back because you know they're classic little old kind of uh, adult sized school chairs you know that we got from Glush and Gertholing because they Create a new uh, school there. I know, but, I know. So, 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'd love them back. So you're saying, unfortunately, the three silly lads who stole them are clearly identifiable on our security cameras. We would like them to return the chairs before 3 p.m. today, is it? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Oh, you're giving giving them them plenty of time then. Okay. Yeah, we're we're just leaving kind of, you know, them kind of realize. uh, I know, I mean, being honest with you, it is one of those things that, you know, you're kind of saying, look, it's not the value or those things, but it's like the boldness of them that there wasn't even hesitation. It was just like, go for it. And it's like, lads, come on, everybody's got security cameras. Our neighbours have security cameras. The neighbours up the road have security cameras. They're on them. You know what I mean. So and if they if they do to, if they do return them um, and just drop them, then sure we'll all forget about it. You know, as in you won't like, be having you know, them arrested. There won't be a guard around the corner. No, no, not at all. No, no, we wouldn't be like that. But and if they don't like drop them back. Well, I suppose then we're going to have to talk to the guards, show the videos to the guards, and take their advice. But you know. You know, I suppose uh, you'd wonder, do you kind of name and shame them? I mean, there's a, there's a famous restaurant up in Dublin that does this all the time when people drop bags into their rubbish bins, etc., etc. Uh, well, no, 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 because it just says on Instagram, on your page, it says, if you don't, we'll be posting the video yeah. footage here, sending to the guardie and naming and shaming once you're caught. We don't think Mammy yeah. and Daddy will be very happy when they see it. So, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Put it like this. In other words, that's what we're saying is if they drop the chairs back, there's no problem. We'll all forget about it. But otherwise, we'll have to follow this as far as we can go. Okay, so the clock is ticking till three o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Yeah. Watch this space. So if they, if they want to contact us and tell us where Shergar is, that's no problem. You know? <laughs> okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait to see how this one unfolds. We'll keep a close eye on it. Do let me know. Okay, we will. Thanks Take care. You. Joe Kelly at Kino. Lines open at one 850 You can text 0868-104-106. Harry Styles, Watermelon Sugar. Some weeks back, I came up with an idea that maybe we could help Cork Hotels to stay open and uh, keep ticking over. So that's when we came up with the idea of take a break for Cork's sake. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.